no, not at all. No. Okay, good. Yeah, just figuring out the just getting all loaded for um the uh mic and uh uh audio. That's all. Thank you. Jesse, bam, we're live. That's sweet. We did it. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. I I I watched that video uh that Justin made. I'm gonna guess it's like a year old. He's visiting your gym. Oh yeah, yeah, the Squamish one. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's almost exactly a year old. Yep. And how many gyms do you have? Oh, just one. Okay. Barely that, manage that one. <laughs> that gym reminds me of like when you go to some guy's uh, garage and he's like a master craftsman. Like he built oh. like one-off <laughs> chairs and shit. You know what I mean? Uh, that's actually I cannot... what I did for a little while. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. You were you were a woodworker? Yeah, I went to school for uh, like fine furniture, cabinetry. Yeah, first year oh, apprentice. Wow, trainer. God, yeah. I don't feel dumb for making that comparison. Now, <laughs> I cannot believe how meticulous and perfect and clean. <laughs> it's like a uh, congratulations. I mean, I've oh, seen thank you. you know thousands of videos. I feel like like that. Uh, you know, kind of. I wouldn't say yeah, gym tours, and I've never seen one quite like that. It, it is it is a place where you go to um, to work on something you love. To, and the, yeah. like the tools are as important as anything. I don't know. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, that's our, that was our third iteration. So we started in a different space, um, 13 and a half years ago and then moved to a second gym location. And then finally that's our, our third version. So that's my, my best one yet, I guess. And, and you love going there. Oh yeah. 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 It, it looks like it. you made it. So it's a place where you walk in and you're like, yeah. 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 And we did it ourselves. Like, um, like we don't own the building, but, um, I took over as a general contractor, like once the building was sort of locked up uh-huh. and, uh, and everything you see in there, like we, we did. So like all the woodworking is, uh, is my own and, um, anything that was like outside of my wheelhouse or, um, uh, I wasn't super good at, then we pulled people from the gym. So it's like all, all community driven. So people from the gym did like all the specialty work and everything in there's steel. We build a lot of stuff. Um, so some of the steel work in there is like, uh, like training partners and everything else. Super cool. Yeah. Well, well a, a beautiful facility. Obviously you're making uh, incredible uh, athletes over there, but let's stop fucking around. <laughs> what the fuck is up with this stance? Oh, <laughs> that's frog. Tell yeah. me, tell me, how have I never seen this? Is it because I'm a dipshit and I'm not paying close attention? No, no, this, it's not super common. This is a 341-pound deadlift, ladies and gentlemen, by a yeah. 17-year-old pro uh, BMX rider. Uh, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a woman. Uh, yep. I've never deadlifted 341 pounds uh, myself. Um, f- first of all, tell me about that stance. Yeah, it's just a variation, right? So we, we use conjugate system. Um, and I'm, so, we'll come back to that. Cause I don't even sure. know what that is, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a variation. So it's not like her primary, like her best pull is like 380. Um, and, uh, and so she'll pull sumo conventional, uh, frog ultra wide, uh, all those variations we have maxes and numbers for. So this is just a good variation. And, um, it's actually like some crossfitters will actually end up hitting a PR with that narrower stance. Just, just change the style a bit. A lot of people often just are a little too wide with their feet. Um, and just bringing them in at all, but you know, uh, like, you know, for almost everybody, that's going to be just not, not their optimal stance. A little, little wider is going to help, but, uh, yeah, just a variation. 
And are her heels actually touching? Yeah, we go heels touching, feet on a 45-degree angle. Yeah. Why have I never um, seen this? Am I not paying attention? How how rare is this? This is like I, I when I saw this, I at first I thought, oh, they're they're fooling around. It's like Halloween or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, the um, no, it's uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I guess you wouldn't see it very often outside of like the world that we're in. But uh, yeah, I mean, like Ohio West Side sweatshop, like uh, this would this would be something that every everyone's kind of playing with. I mean, you'd see it from photos in the seventies and stuff like that for sure. There's a couple guys. Um, you know, um, who, uh, yeah, I was struggle with names from, uh, from the past, but the, um, but there's guys who have like 365 deadlift with, uh, heels touching. Yeah. Are, well, here, here's a 17 year old girl doing it with 341. Is this, is this something that, um, uh, every CrossFitter should be doing? Is this like, Hey, I mean, not necessarily need to do it this heavy, but this is like, Hey, this is this is an important part of the constantly vary piece. Like, Hey, you're just yeah. strong yeah. and conventional. I, Maybe I so, some of sure. you do sumo, but everyone's missing frog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, deadlift is an interesting one with the CrossFit world. Um, for sure. I think, I think of all the movements that, uh, that CrossFitters use deadlift probably has the most to grow for skill set And, um, and then just variations of, like just because it doesn't show up in competition doesn't mean that it's not a valuable lift to train, right? Like, you know, squats, well, front squat, overhead squat, back squat, almost, you know, everybody's doing that. And then cleans and, um, you know, squats, natural, good variations, but, um, or their own thing. But uh, deadlift is just like either people conventional deadlift or they don't deadlift at all for the most part. And uh, I mean, I think variations are really worth putting time into, especially because, sometimes you can find quite a large discrepancy between a sumo and a conventional. And that sort of gives some good indication of where some weaknesses may lie and what might be worth putting extra time into as an athlete. Uh, um, everything else is the same about this deadlift. Yeah. Is totally. Conventional mm -hmm. deadlift. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. Cause it looks the same to me and she yeah. looks like she's <laughs> for a lift. I've never seen before. I'm going to say she's doing it perfectly. She's a very good lifter. Yeah. I, like Teague's awesome. Like she's, she's in Europe right now training there. And, um, the, uh, she's been lifting with us. She's actually gen one CrossFit kid. So she's more than 10 years into training with us. Um, yeah, she's like 141 pounds, body weight, 380 deadlift. Um, but all of them are tight, right? So that's 340. I think her conventional is, 365 and her sumo is 380 which is kind of like the spread we're looking for right so like very low discrepancy uh, and is she tall? uh five eight i think okay yeah. i mean for me that's tall that's yeah that's yeah tall. yeah that's tall yeah woman. she she's she's uh she's lean and, and tall yeah the um i mean yeah she's 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 a really cool example for us because she's also someone who um i mean we predominantly have used conjugate method and powerlifting to build her. And, uh, I mean, she's got like a 48 and a half inch box jump and like, um, just real, real powerful athlete in a power sport. Right. Yeah. Um, t tell me uh, what is the conjugate method? So conjugate can method, you, first is, of all, before I ask you that, can you tell me I Meaning, so. it, like, like, okay. Okay. Um, conjugate method is like, uh, originated in Russia. Right. So it was, it was like, it's, it's a system that's like, I mean, if you're going to put it real simple, you're going to say kind of the same things as CrossFit constantly varied 
you know, functional movement as it pertains to your objective, which would be, you know, squat bench dead in the nature or the case of powerlifting or, you know, snatch clean and jerk in the case of weightlifting. Um, and then perform at high intensity. So work as hard as you can. So, you know, it's a, it's a system using sort of a ton of movement pattern to build the primary lifts. So Russia started it. Um, Louis Simmons, a Westside barbell found it and kind of ran it with his own direction. So originally it's the, uh, system Russia used for weightlifting. So it was a Russian weightlifting system. China used it as well to model their Chinese weightlifting system, which is why you see, I don't know when you talk to those guys, like, I don't want to speak past my sort of like what I can say for sure. But I mean, when you listen to the Chinese, um, coaches and those guys speak, you're kind of feeling like you're hearing the same thing. So like a ton of accessory work, um, and like movements that are variants used to build snatch and clean and jerk. And so, uh, Louie and Westside Barbell took that system, adapted it and started, you know, he ran Westside Barbell until he passed, uh, I don't know, maybe I think two, a year or two years ago. Um, but it's a, I mean, it's built world champions and it's really cool because it's been, he applied it not only to powerlifters very, very successfully, like strongest gym on the planet. Uh, he also applied it to a ton of sport athletes from, you know, UFC fighters to Olympic sprinters and, um, saw huge progress and gains for them. Um, I mean, to be honest, like I actually found it, my, I found it, uh, a video CrossFit journal. I mean, I don't know, maybe 11 years ago of Dave Castro, um, out at this weird gym in Columbus, Ohio, pulling like a sled with his like hands below his knees. Um, and then like carrot, like pulling a dragon sled like that across the yard. Um, and it kind of piqued my interest. And so I, I found Westside through CrossFit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is the conjugate system, is there anything uh, definitive about it in terms of its um, time? Like all the cycles are nine weeks or. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it, it's all it's always three steps forward, one steps back. It's it's raised the weight three. Is, is there anything like that? Are there any percentages that they're con that they're dogmatic about? Anything dogmatic about it like that? That defines I mean, that defines it. I don't mean that with a negative connotation. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, so you've got sort of four primary days a week. So you got two max effort days, one upper, one lower, and you've got two dynamic effort days, one upper, one lower. Okay, and, and, and then, when you say upper and one upper, one lower, what does that mean? So specifically as it relates to powerlifting, it'd be upper days would be bench or pressing patterns. Okay. And then lower would be squat or dead. Okay. So upper body, lower body. Yeah. Yeah. Two, totally. two, two max efforts a week in each mm -hmm. of those. Yeah. Uh, no, one for max, one for upper, one for lower. So okay. for us, like, um, you know, what did we do? Sort of uh, last Monday, we maxed, we did a three rep max good morning. And then last Wednesday, we did a one rep max uh, two board bench. And then the, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Uh, and then Fridays are like speed days. So that's like dynamic efforts are going to be, that's where we apply bands or chains to the bar. So we'll do you know squat and deadlift both with bands predominantly. Um, but done like, you know, we'll do 12 sets of two on the 45 seconds or on the minute for squats. And then, you know, 12 singles, uh, on the 30 seconds or 45 seconds for dead. And the waves for those days. So maxes cycle out every week. And then dynamic efforts cycle out usually every three weeks. But I mean, there are, yeah, in general, that would be, that'd be how, how it kind of moves through.
And bands and mm. um, uh, chains are those required pieces of equipment for uh, conjugate for, no, for, for the for the strength training? If you, yeah, totally. Yeah, I would like no, but it is optimal. Okay, frequent, almost always seen. If someone's yeah. in the con they have those are some of the tools totally uh, that they use. Okay, yeah, the uh, dynamic efforts just aren't the same without that band applied because you're you're looking to sort of have that accommodating resistance. So the change in, in tension from the bottom of the lift to the top of the lift. So you're looking to sort of force that accelerating speed. So, you know, you can like, there's ways of cycling without it, but eventually that's kind of where you're going to end up. So for building like explosive power, that would be what we predominantly lean on oh, for our wow. like sport athletes. Okay. That, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, uh, pardon me uh, here uh, a minute. I, I wish you didn't have to see this ugly side of my um, family here. Uh, Trish, uh, Sevon, you've been with CrossFit forever and you don't know what conjugate is. Listen, you ding dong. <laughs> I know everything. I wouldn't, I, the only reason why I have a podcast is to try to teach you guys shit. I don't know. Podcast with me would be just me sitting here staring into the eyes of my guests. That being said, I have no idea what the conjugate system is. Uh, so no, you're right, Trish. Um, there was one more in here. Oh, Heidi Kroom. So Russia started CrossFit. Not nice, Heidi. I see what you did there. I, I, I see uh, what you uh, twisted up there. Okay. Um, before the, um, I, I, I am, uh, it's funny that you say that the, or interesting that you say that the deadlift is in CrossFit is what was the word you use? An area where there's still a lot of room to grow or explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Because it also seems like it's one of the favorite lifts of CrossFitters, um, the deadlift, right? It basically mm. just picking no, basically just picking things off the ground. Don't don't CrossFitters just like to pick heavy shit off the ground? Like when I was I mean, introduced to the deadlift, I kind of got addicted to it. Yeah, but you're my, right. I only did favorite. conventional. I didn't yeah. do sumo. I didn't do frog. But I like picking um stones off the ground, bars. Totally, I'm kind of addicted to just picking shit off the ground. Yeah, I mean. The deadlift is fantastic. I mean, it's amazing. So for powerlifting, you know, the other two, so squat and bench press both have a um, down before it goes back up. So you get to load into it, but the deadlift's up only, right? Okay. So the deadlift's just that raw starting strength. So it's just that barbell sits on the floor and you can either raise it or you can't. And even for equipped lifters, so people who would compete for powerlifting who have like suits, have you ever seen that? Like the, yep, like yep. the heavy. So like even for those, so like you put a those are the ones that on. kind of the shirts kind of you, yeah. If it's you crazy. Keep it in the it's crazy heavy then, duty. Okay, yeah, okay, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Super extreme. Like those those guys. I mean, um, it's a, it's very different, and it's it's um, it's it's definitely super hardcore. But uh, I mean, you put a squat suit on, and it changes your your number dramatically on the on the squat. You put a bench shirt on, it changes that number dramatically on a bench. You put anything on for deadlift and it maybe gives you 50 pounds is what, you know, I think most, most people would say, um, again, I don't have a ton of experience in gear. Um, but it's just cool. It's just something you just can't, can't, um, mess up with too, uh, too much for like, you can't cheat it. It's just like, you know, throw a belt on, uh, and you got to work as hard as you can. So it's, it's a great lift. It I is a belt exercise. Say again. It is a belt exercise question mark. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Man, I need, I need to own a belt. I'm 51. Is it too late for me to start incorporating a belt in? I get a belt for sure. Okay. Uh, Barry, look at it, everyone's exo excited. Uh, Barry McCockner, uh, 525 deadlift. Everyone wants to just like I, I appreciate I, and I respect this. This is crazy. That's a great lift, Barry. 
Uh, Jeez Louise, 485. Awesome. Uh, Jeffrey Birchfield, I did uh, 5 by 3 at 405 the other day. Not bad for a guy who's 112. Uh, Thason <laughs> Hopper hit 450 deadlift last week, 230 squat uh, snatch Monday, and 305 clean and jerk yesterday. Dang, dude. <laughs> yeah, some some strong cats um, in the in the audience. Okay. Uh, I had no idea we were going to start the show like this, but let's keep going with the deadlift. Okay. Uh, pro beach volleyball player. Yeah. Yeah. Leanne. Are, are yeah, you she's such a stud. Me? Yeah. She's awesome. Uh, is it possible for every healthy, able bodied person? And by healthy, I'm just saying, you know, you can jog a 400 meter track. You can, you got one pull up. You, 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 you can ride a bike. You know what I mean? You can wipe your own butt. you like, you got some of the fundamentals down in life, mm-hmm. yep. um, to, to, um, uh, let's say under 60 to deadlift 400 pounds. Could you teach any human being to pick 400 pounds off the ground outside of like some sort of. I guess say no, no. Okay. That that's yeah. what, what about 300? Well, I guess men or men or women, I guess would be the thing. I mean, um, I mean, I mean this actually, is a woman right here, right? 435. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah, mind yeah. boggling. Great. This is yeah. like, I saw this. I'm like, you play volleyball. Why do I not? Ex- and she even got the volleyball sweatshirt on. Like, fuck you. I play volleyball. Yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's so that's sweatshop Cincinnati. So that's Shane Sweat's gym. Um, one of his athletes. Like, I mean, Shane, Shane is a stud coach. Um, you know, he, that's who I do sort of our podcast with. Um, he's been in the game for, for a long time. I mean, like he's had lifters break all time world records, like time and time again, like huge, huge lifting happens in Ohio. Um, yeah, for us, we've, we've been pushing that, like chasing that 400 for, for women in our gym for, for a while. Um, we've got maybe like 30 plus women over 300. Um, and like, you know, Teague's at 380. We'd one of our girls just pull, I think that's uh, a 17 year old girls at 380. You just, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, nice. she's, she turns 19 this summer. Uh, so that was two years ago. Um, but, um, yeah, like every we, man do 400 pounds. Well, I guess depending on like, uh, health and training volume, et cetera. Yeah. Out, outside of, outside of, um, of being, you know, have some, having some sort of uh, like a uh, permanent decrepitude, like, can, can you teach every, let, let's just make it easy. Every, any 20 year old kid who comes in off the street, if he puts in uh, 10 years of work to, to deadlift 400 pounds. Yeah, I think that I think that feels pretty reasonable. Yeah, that's I'd, amazing. I'd like to think that'd be the case. Yeah, uh, uh, Sevon, you can't. I, I I don't know. Maybe I could. Yeah, yeah. Where where are you deadlift at now? The other well, I I, I don't deadlift. I, I I I mean, I never. I rarely deadlift over. The other day, I deadlifted one sixty five for a bunch of reps in a crossfit workout. Usually, I do just um one thirty five for sets of ten somewhere in some sort of workout. But the other day, for the first time in probably four years, I I did pull two ninety five, and it came there up kind of e- easy. Yeah. But but then I visited it again like a week later, and it it it, it didn't come up at all. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, but I, I have serious mental issues. I have serious fear, like real like real fear. Have you ever had any issues with deadlift before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like it, um, before I started CrossFit, I would hurt my back four times a year. Oh yeah, I was immobilized, yeah. and then I started yeah, CrossFit, yeah, yeah. and I only started hurting it twice a year. But yeah. it was always fucking around with the deadlift, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. And it would, I would I mean, feel that like that ping, and then I would be crawling to the bathroom for a week. Yeah. And I'm not yeah, blaming I mean, anyone but myself. It was always like there were always signs. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. It's it's, it's one of those things that sucks. Like the deadlift gets a uh, you know bad rap for um, beating people up and back issues, and then it sucks once people have a bad experience with it. It's like having a bad experience with a box jump. Like it's real hard to build that sort of confidence back up and and uh, push it again. But um, the box jumps in that category too. Yeah, I would say bo- like a box jump for sure. I mean, you, you jump watch- down and something, is it your back or w- what goes out? In the oh, back? no, just like if you fail, like if you fail a box jump, it's hard oh. to build confidence. Like oh. if you got someone okay. who's jumping like high, high jumps and, and uh, they have like a misstep and, and bail, it's hard for them to like regain that confidence. Um, Cause that's what it is. I mean, the other side of it too, is if you know, you've got sort of like, if you're getting breakdown on a pattern, then for us, that'd be something where we start to look at, um, you know, why that would be. And then try to attack it with other means. So rather than build the deadlift by more deadlifts, we would build the deadlift off of like seeing where breakdown starts to occur and then like applying accessory work to like fortify those areas, bring up those weaknesses and then retest deadlift and see if it had a positive effect or not. What would some of those movements be? Uh, Depends where you're getting breakdown, but you know, for deadlift, like, in my experience, like it's been the difference between going from like a 300 to 400 dead and four to five, five to six, six to seven. Like it's kind of a, it's been a pretty cool road where I feel like every sort of hundred pounds, um, the, the deadlift asks like something different to you. So a lot of times at that base level, like the initial phase is just understanding the movement pattern and getting it right. So very common issue is to set the deadlift up the same way you would set up a clean or a snatch mm-hmm. where you're going to have the weight shifted just maybe a little bit more forward on the foot. Uh, the knees track a little more forward. So you got a uh, more forward shin angle and the hips are lower, but the clean and the snatch are optimized for that movement from the knees to the hips. Right? So you're trying to get the most out of a cleaner snatch above the knees to apply that force to barbell. It's, you know, no one's having a problem on their snatch or their clean from the floor to above the knees. But the deadlift, it all happens in that first couple inches in general, especially when you're new. Um, so that that position then is really important. So having a much steeper shin angle, the hips are a bunch higher and being able to understand the basics of like bracing and position to make sure you're in a good start position, you know, the weights, you know, driven through the heels, um, you know, dialing that in gets you your first, you know, bunch of weights. And then you start to see sort of breakdown, but usually then it starts to occur through like that classic, like low backgrounding, right? So either led from the upper folding or uh, just, just that sort of, if they can get to the start position, you know, their mobility is good. Wow. Right. So that they can set up a great like setup. Then you're like, okay, they've got a place to start. And if they fail as they start to pull, then we know that it's something else. And usually it's bracing. Um, so we pour a ton of effort into midline work. Oh, it, like things like sit-ups, GHD. Um, yeah, some flexion extension patterns to the spine. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, front squat. I mean, depends on the athlete. Like for sure, front squat for for um, crossbars. Yeah, totally. Yeah, those sort of patterns. Knees like to elbows. You know, we'll do strict toes bar. Yeah, knees to elbows is a little more old school now. It feels like I feel like those are the patterns that like you know when was the last time we seen those. Those are great, um, though. Don't totally, yeah, I agree. I mean, you oh, yeah, hundred percent. Destroy someone's midline, yeah, like that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I just want it's just one of those funny ones from like cross it back in the day, you know? Right. Um, the uh, 
yeah yeah it just feels like knee, knees to elbows is one that you're like ah, oh, you just don't see that plank plank for sure yeah plank so it's like isometric holds for sure with like tons and tons of variations so like you know variations on those patterns are going to be um like we've we'll have someone in a plank position up on like a bench with their hands and a box with their feet and they would sort of like hang kettlebells off of bands at sort of that hip level so instead of hanging plate weight off you we would hang kettlebells and bands and they might have someone do like cross body shoulder touches so they raise their hand off the bench touch opposite shoulder so something that sort of like forces like trying to create stability from instability um you know a lot of rotational work like just lots of variation i mean same same as crossfit's doing just as as much variation as we can get so we're not sort of like failing to adapt to stimulus like changing as much as we yeah there you go yeah yeah classic yeah i remember seeing that yeah yeah things like that for sure trying to be creative like i mean there's always that component that you know one of the things i think that has made crossfit super successful has been uh just it's real fun interesting and different right right? so then trying to apply that to accessory work and strength to keep the you know motivated motivation there is uh is like high value so trying to incorporate new pieces and you know whatever we can get sort of positive uh changes from I used to trip on this too. Speaking of a breakdown position, whenever I would hang out with uh, Rob or Lando, I'd be like, mm. "Hey, that um, that picking up the uh, the stone." Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the picking up the stone is actually it's it's like the worst deadlift form, but mm-hmm. actually, yeah. my back loves rounding like that when mm-hmm. I pick things up. Like it. Yeah. Like I actually it actually feels good. Yeah. The the stone is like the stone is super cool. That first clip with the wall was one of that was one of our best. Uh, uh, strongman events we ever did it was that wall stay at yeah, that one. Yeah, well, let, let's take a break here for a second. Why before we go back to the stone? Oh man, it was just it was such a short uh, time domain and just like soul crushing. Like people said, some people still reach out and be like, "Dude, hardest event that I've done in my entire life." Interesting. Um, what's the yeah. stop? What What's that look like when someone fails that? Uh, there's spotters on both sides. Okay. So you see those guys in the background just chasing it with their hands. Yeah. And then there's tires in the ground as well. So there's the, it can't actually get all the way to the ground. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. We got some crazy photos from that. It was super cool, man. Yeah. We, we made it plate loadable. So you can see on the top of that wall on oh. the outside is like uh, we, we built sort of like a way to slide plates on the end to like overload it. But yeah, I was working on a job site and it just crossed my mind. Like wondered what was the like most, the heaviest wall, one person could possibly stand uh, by themselves. And so we, we turned it into an event. So we put that wall on like a hinge at the bottom and, uh, and worked it. So that one video, that, that clip at the start is actually one of the strongest men in Western Canada. Um, he came out and, and uh, did the event. Yeah. It was, it was, so there's it was a hinge really at the bottom, meaning that thing can't slide. No, it can't slide at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's on a hinge and all. Yeah. We're good at building things. Um, but um, yeah, actually, so the, I guess the point with the, um, the, the, stone the, the stone piece yeah 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 really interesting right so it's something that like uh for sure because it's the, everything the, you're not supposed to do mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally yeah it's stone is so cool I, I i love stones um we we do qu- quite a bit of stone work and um the stone pick is like is different right because one you think of the deadlift bar where your hands go your mid shins right but a stone is not only like at the ground it's like your wrists bend to get under the stone so it's like so low, 
right? So it's a much deeper pick for that, that start position. The difference in, in, and again, this is just my opinion, but in my opinion, a deadlift bar is optimized, right? So like if you got a cross a bar, you're like 28 mil, 20 and a half mil. If you got a deadlift bar, you're 27 mil. Uh, the knurling is super aggressive on a, on a specialty bar. It's meant to be lifted. It's got the right whip. It's, it's like the most weight you can lift and everything is set up for you to be successful. A stone is the opposite of that. So even a light stone still takes substantial bracing. So much of it's off your midline. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's, it's like, you just have to, you just have to grip it hard to have it come off the floor at all. So I think where on a deadlift, when you grip it and start your pull, because everything's set up, you mix your grip or you hook your thumbs, like all those sort of things allow you to be, it allows you to sort of still be successful when maybe you shouldn't, mm. you know? So you can, you can be kind of lazy, have your background and be like, ah, oh, this sucks, but I can still make it. But a stone you're like the bracing is so much that like if you, especially if it's, if it's really heavy, um, if you back off your tension through your body just a bit, it's over. Like that stone goes straight back to the floor and that's the end of it. Um, so although you are getting a ton of flexion through Meaning that low in a back, deadlift, you can almost kind of rest is a, is a, a exaggeration, but you can lean back and it, as it's coming up and, and push it off your, off your shins or whatever you, you there, there's well, you a, can just have your background mitigate. and still yeah. keep pulling. Uh, okay, because you, okay. you can you can be relaxed and still lifting okay. but a stone you you can't really be relaxed and still lifting so that's that that's kind of it's pulling you like. in more than one direction yeah the bar's just like going up the stone's actually trying to get away from you yeah and you're and you got that crushing strength so you're like you're actually like you know squeezing it between your arms as hard as you can as well and yeah. Yeah. Stone, stone is a, is a very special lift. But what about I, the rounding of the back part? Why is that okay with stones and it's not okay with deadlift? Well, I think because even though it's rounded, yeah, you're still have, you have still have a ton of systemic tension, right? Systemic so it's not meaning, like meaning everywhere, everywhere else there's tension, including there, like, even though it's rounded, it's still braced and tight. And it seems almost neglectful not to do stones, even if they're light. If you're yeah, going to be deadlifting just to help. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Stones are, are, I mean, honestly, it's, if you're going to talk about functional movement mm, and that mm. you're, you care and, and train for life or et cetera. I mean, if odd objects are not a part of that training, I mean, are you training for functional movement? Right. You know, to it, its it, max capacity. Right. And you, and you do see those weirdos who, who like when they sumo, like their only deadlift is the sumo deadlift. Sorry, sorry to pick on them, but I think they're, they're always like the super strong guys, but they can also barely reach the bar. So the guy's got an 800 pound deadlift and it's almost seems like he's re in the sumo and it's almost like he's reaching for his, with his fingers to grab it. I just remember seeing um, Dave Tate do a demo for CrossFitters one time. Oh yeah. Dave. Oh, well, the, so and those I was are, like, yeah, this dude can I remember barely those videos. fucking walk, but I just saw him pick up fucking 500 pounds. Like it was nothing. Yeah, I but mean, also Dave, he could Dave barely is... get to the ground and pick it up. It was bizarre. Yeah, I mean, Dave, I, I've never met Dave Tate, but like, uh, I think, I mean, that dude is a stud. He he's amazing. Like, he, Stones he's one will of the enforce mobility. Stones will enforce mobility, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you're, I mean, get, you're getting to the ground, or you're not playing that game. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but you're giving up something, right? So when Dave, like, so the one thing to like. I mean, yeah, Dave has limited. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk shit sure. about like the no, man. No, 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 no. Like, and I, and I didn't, I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, the like, um, 
like Dave, Dave has limited ranges for sure. I remember those videos, actually, those originals, I think three or four of them on CrossFit journal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I was curious. I actually thought about that the other day and wondered if they're still up and around. Um, they're good videos. I mean, that was the next. So after that video of Dave that I saw, those, Dave Castro, the next ones were those videos with, with Dave Tate. And that was like, that kind of sealed it up for my interest. Like, cause it just, you know, CrossFit or you know, conjugate just felt like the same things we were always talking about in CrossFit. Um, just with a extended application. Right. Um, anyway, though, the, yeah, Dave, I mean, he's like, as a lifter, like when you watch like, um, uh, Jamal, um, Jamal Browner, like, you know, that dude's arguably, you know, maybe greatest of all time for, uh, sumo these days. He's like 242, like in that, like a thousand plus range, like for, wow. for sumo and like, um, and you see like the, has he kind of like gets prepared to like reach the bar that he's like tensioning, tensioning, tensioning. So a good deadlift, I mean, you want to feel like you can barely get to the bar, get your hands on it because everything is so tensioned and tight. And then as you, you know, press into the floor that everything's there to support that sort of like leg drive and transfer all that force to the bar. I mean, the other thing with stones before you get too far past that is yeah. you're talking about moving a fraction of the way to your deadlift. Right? Okay. Like most people talk about 50% or less, right? So on top of that, you're like, yes, you're in a suboptimal position. But I think between the like bracing and the fact that you're moving like a substantially lower weight, right? If you're a, you know, a 300 pound deadlifter, I mean, you're probably best case working at like around 150 pound stone uh, to load it to a table and less if you're going to the shoulder. A, 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 an example would be, I guess, also looking at um, the sandbag at the games, right? Oh, although, it's, although it's not man. a stone. Um, yeah. You have this, this, um, I don't know if cantankerous is the right word, but you have this object. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it definitely it's, it's is. It's not cooperating. <laughs> no. It, it's no. got some weird gives in it, and uh, it's definitely odd, and, and, and it probably more annoying than a stone. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I would choose a stone over a sandbag um, 10 times out of 10, per, personally. Like, give, give the opportunity to move those two things. Yeah. Um, uh, lots of questions coming to my head. Let me let me uh, do yeah. go back to the comments here real quick. They're piling Absolutely. up very quickly. Uh, uh, we I, my I wanted to hear about your history. I might have to have you back on because I have a feeling we're gonna have another hour talk of of. Uh, <laughs> I want to know about the rappelling from helicopters and all that. Oh shit. yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You're you're a man of adventure. <laughs> uh, Vincent Ramos, uh, Jesse, can you please talk about the reverse hyper and benefits? It changed my life with two broke vertebrae. Oh, I I've got had a few of those. People always suggest the reverse hyper to me. Uh, and yeah. now I have an almost 500-pound deadlift, Vincent Ramos. Yeah, Thanks, awesome. uh, Vincent. Yeah, uh, nice. Reverse that's hyper. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, is it a must? Is it bad for anyone? Is it a must? Um, is it a must? I mean, it's pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I never hear yeah. anyone poo-poo it. I never hear anyone poo-poo oh, it. Oh, people do for sure. They do? Yeah. They oh, do? there's lots of people out there. Yeah, of course, always. Well, yeah, with anything, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean – there are like, so we have a full practice built in the gym as well. So we've got like three, like massage therapists, two physios, Cairo. So we have, we have a pretty sort of like well-rounded group of coaches and, and practitioners. And yeah, there are definitely some cases where depending on how cute the back is, where you're like, yeah, that's not the time to be on the reverse hyper. But in general for a healthy athlete, if your oh. you know, facility has the space, I mean, you're saying it's sorry to go back saying you're saying it's a tool for a healthy back to prevent injury. It's not necessarily a tool to use to it, fix a busted. Oh, up back. no, you definitely can. 
Absolutely. Okay, okay, you okay. could you could definitely use it in the rehab process, but you just have there's an acute phase like post injury yeah. in that first little bit where like it may not be the best choice, and you just gotta sort of assess on those things, right? And that's that's where we definitely work as like a team of uh, practitioners and coaches to like give recommendations and advice. But yeah, for sure, like I mean, our powerlifters and our sport athletes would use the reverse hyper in general at least twice a week. Um, for CrossFitters who are competing, I would have them sort of be able to add that as extra work. I mean, we only have two hypers at the gym, so I can't like have it as something we cycle into classes for everybody. And, um, but it is like, a, a for people who are listening, when he says he only has two, most gyms have none and the lucky have one. So when <laughs> he says he only has two, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, like if that's a, you know, that's Louis Simmons invention from West side. Um, but yeah, I think it was actually really interesting when, so when we, when the whole COVID stuff was happening, um, and we had, you know, our rules were crazy and challenging and, um, not to spend any time on that, but there was a while where about for three months we had, we couldn't really use the reverse hypers, um, the GHD, like equipment that you would kind of share. Everyone was kind of like in their own space using their own things. And over that three month period, as we got to the end of that three months and started to be able to use stuff again, we started to see a whole bunch of stuff come up as like issues and injuries with athletes that we just otherwise never deal with. Because they didn't get back on them slowly. The three month break from a, a reverse hyper or a GHD. It's, well, getting... Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that uh, it kind of usually takes about three months for stuff to wear off. Uh -huh. So if you've been using like equipment and you've used that for years, that it takes about three months for the value of those things to wear off and you'd be to kind of zeroed out again. Um, so I feel like that three month window kind of like got people like back to, you know, what it's like to not have those machines and the value of those implements used. Um, and then as you got back into it, I mean, I don't think it had anything to do with those. It just was that three month time window where we started to see people like, ah, my back's bugging me. My hamstrings give me a hard time. Like, oh, oh okay. you know, my hips are bothering me. Like, all these things were like, man, these just aren't issues our gym deals with at all. Like we just don't have these kind of problems and um, started to see that stuff creep in without sort of regular time spent on uh, like GHD uh, reverse hyper. And then like the, like ATP, that belt squat machine as well. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, those, God, those yeah, are like, we should really we should talk about that belt th those are our staples for us for sport athletes and uh, powerlifters and competitive CrossFitters. Uh, um the is there is there a definitive uh place we could point to people who want to do um reverse hyper like hey watch this video this will t explain to you that you're supposed to use it in the beginning of a workout start with this amount of weight do yeah just uh type in west side barbell and reverse hyper like on youtube there. yeah you'll get a bunch of video i think there's some stuff with like uh kelly starrett um from back in the day as well but there's lots of stuff with louis like i think there's some video of him explaining it when the uh, CrossFitters all like that initial time when uh, they took a bunch of HQ staff to Westside. Uh, I think there's some of that video still up there um, on YouTube of him explaining it and talking it through those guys. And yeah. Yeah. J Jesse, but what this guy's saying here, Vincent is saying um, it changed my life with two broken vertebrae. Yeah. That's also, that's not the first time you've heard that, right? The, the not people at all, claim no. that the reverse hyper has saved their back, right? It's a common yeah. Uh, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it is. It is something you, you do see quite a bit. I mean, Louis invented it because he broke his back twice and says that he wouldn't have, I mean, Westside wouldn't exist and that he wouldn't have made it uh, to where he did as a powerlifter had he not 
build the reverse hyper. The, the, is, is it kind of the same? I'm strengthening the, the yoga people will do this thing. I guess we call it a Superman where basically you lay on your stomach with your mm. arms in front of you. Yeah, raise you your hands. Gently the lift your hands uh, Yeah, off in arms off the ground. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, I mean. Similar stimulus. It's yeah, it's another stimulus. I mean, the hyper you're getting that sort of like you're getting that forward range as well, right? So you're getting a pretty large range of motion. So at the front of that, we're actually going to try to like let the pelvis tilt and roll almost like a little bit under the table. Okay, okay, yeah. Which you're not getting when you're laying flat Which on the ground yeah, at all. Totally. So you're just getting that hyper extension. Like you're getting that extension range like on a more traditional, uh, like like the old school like uh, global gym forty five degree like back extension or, um, you know. Um, the the reverse hyper is is it's not as potent as the GHD. By that I the GHD setup. By that I mean, um, there was a time in my life where I could just go in the gym and do fifty um, GHD, you know, ten pull ups, five rounds, and I would barely be sore, even though I just yeah. did two hundred fifty. But but if I did like five GHD today, yeah, I would be fucking sore as fuck for a week just yeah. going through that range of motion. Is the reverse hyper as potent as that? Like it could just fuck someone up like that. No, no, no. Okay. No, you know what yeah, I'm talking the, about, right? Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, you take some time off and you're fucked. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so you have to be, uh, you have to have a current inoculation to it. Yeah, yeah no, great like, inoculation. Yeah, it is yeah. strong like that. Okay, I like that. Yeah, totally. Uh, Jacob Dickinson, uh, Jesse's an awesome guy and a great uh, source of knowledge. That's that, nice to say. That's for sure. Well, it, it also comes. You don't have to scratch the surface uh, very um, deep to to right away start to uh, trust you. Uh, Eaton Beaver, a five hundred pound deadlift, no back issues. Three minutes with a weed uh, weed eater, back is smoke. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, volume. A uh, real life real life story, right? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, there's a uh, one thing that's always like so awesome about strength is like there's different kinds of strength, right? So it's like there's strength <laughs> endurance, speed strength, strength speed, absolute strength, like. You know, there's like strength isn't just one thing. So it's, it's kind of cool to be like, yeah, there's the difference of like, you know, that's, that's why one rep maxes are so awesome is because that's absolute strength. And you just can't display that other ways because they are know, awesome. God, I oh, love yeah. you. They are awesome. Let me tell you some things that like I, I hear, uh, stop deadlifting. It's dangerous. It's not worth the risk sure. for, uh, for profit yeah. um, for gain. Um, uh, would never do one rep lifts. Yeah, totally. Yeah, classic. But these are not, you do not prescribe to these. No. Subscribe, prescribe. Really. You don't prescribe or subscribe. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and, and would it just come down to, to um, uh, safety and the and efficacy of the, of the program that you're on that you would say? The right coaching? Yeah, or? I think, I th yeah, totally. I mean, all those elements are, those are all factors for sure. I mean, like, um, you know, Justin Ellie will do maxes every week right up to you know whatever we are we'll be you know 10 days or 14 days out from the games we'll we'll still be working maxes i mean that uh like there's a lot of pieces to maxes so like one is having a facility that supports those being done successfully right so like with a back squat we would never drop a barbell so back squat bar front squat of course overhead squat of course the, the safest thing you could do if it's not going well is, is to dump the bar. Right. And, and then practice that skill. But for a back squat, we would, we would never dump the bar. Um, cause it's not the safest way to do it. Um, because it could roll down your spine, hit your butt. Absolutely. Like it, no, get... it's bad. I've seen it a couple of times. 
uh, over the years and you're like, it's the worst. Like you like athlete goes to dump it, catches them and yanks them over backwards. They fall backwards with it. Like, I mean, you scan YouTube for what happens when back squats go poorly. Right. Um, so, so do, for you, us, do you do them in a, in a rack or with spotters or both? We do them. Yeah. We would say like, if you have the opportunity and you can train out of a rack, you know, figure out in your warm up sets where those safeties go, but don't pull the safeties on a rack. I mean, they're right. Why would there. anyone do that? Why would they do it? Because they're just like, can't be bothered. Can't be bothered to set them up at the right height. Mm. Like just pull them out. Cause they're like, well, it's going to be fine. And what could go wrong? But I mean, the more time you do things, the more times there's opportunity for things to go wrong. And um, I had a, I blacked out, you know, it was a bunch of years ago now, but I, I blacked out on a, like for doing reps on a safety squat uh, once. Didn't see it coming at all. Had two awesome dudes who I trained with always spotting me. And it just happened so quick that um, neither guy had a reasonable chance of even grabbing the bar. Um, and it just wasn't a big deal. I mean, the bar what, bounced what, on the what safety What kind of pins. squat? You called it a what kind of squat? A safety, safety squat. So the one with the pad and the, the okay, the kind of a horseshoe pad. And what do you mean it happened so quick? You don't get, you didn't get like a wah, wah, wah. Not at all. Rep, no. Nothing. Yeah. I stood up like it was like rep eight. I stood up at the top and like my stomach kind of gave a spin and I was, you know, oh, your think, stomach gave, I didn't think twice about it and then went back down and started to come out of the hole and just like clicked off. Yeah. No um, shit. Yeah, which I mean, that's the only time it's happened on a squat. The um, uh, yeah, and so like it went straight to the safety pins. What do you but, think? It, what do you think it was? Would, would you attribute to like I didn't have enough coffee that morning, or yeah, I put my right know, sock like on first, or you know, yeah, I took my left yeah. sock? Or like... Yeah, it's um, um, the safety squat, and especially like I find I I think like tension through neck it's like a blood choke right that's why it like ends up happening. oh okay so it's just like uh like for me it felt like that like it just was like it just was finally enough pressure um that it just like yeah just it was super brief like it was just off off and on just to flip the switch does it kind of feel like a medal of honor did you get that like kind of like no a, no oh no I don't okay. like that sort of stuff the, i was uh, thinking it's like kind of cool like check like check no. oh that's cool I, I, no I that kind of stuff i mean throwing up on a lift and that sort of thing is it's like i mean i prefer not to uh yeah given the opportunity the uh yeah i mean try to always move as a prof like try to be as professional as we always can as a as a lifter and an athlete like move professional move like a pro uh behave like a pro uh, and then try to achieve those results best you can, you know? Um, but the point was, it's like, well, the safety's in place. I mean, I had a ton of wiggle room. So the bar bounced off the safety pins, you know, I sort of like sat back, took 20 minutes. The other guys finished their maxes. Uh, and then I jumped in with them for accessory, carried on the session, no harm, no foul. But, uh, but had that been different situation without the safety pins set either at an appropriate height or in at all, I mean, that could have been uh, real, real rough. Secondary to that, I mean, honestly, for our CrossFit side, because CrossFitters at our gym will max out um, maybe not once a week, but it's pretty common to max out almost once a week for upper and lower. Um, and say, tell thing, me those, like, tell me those movements again. That would be press, overhead, bench press for squat, a CrossFitter. Deadlift. It could be, yeah, any, anything that's kind of a, yeah. Yeah, bench, like it could be, you know, shoulder press, any any sort of pressing pattern or upper what body. What don't you max out? Would you would you max out a sumo deadlift high pool? No, probably no. not. That's no. better as an accessory, a secondary piece. Okay. Like that's a good accessory or secondary. That, that's still pretty broad compound. So like if you were going to use that in training, I would have a tendency to use it as like 
maybe the third thing on the list. And and and, and with that movement, there's a, a it's like the kettlebell. There's a no man's land. Me, by that I mean. In bench press, theoretically, you could stop the bar anywhere with any weight, mm-hmm. right? You could stop it here. You could stop it here. You could stop it here. There, there's no like, but the sumo deadlift high pool, your max. There's a spot where you can't stop the bar. Same with the kettlebell, right? You, you, yeah, you're not. You're, you, no one's stopping a 72 pound kettlebell out here. Yeah, totally. And so you don't. Is 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 that a good litmus test for things not to do maxes with? Um, maybe even the not. pull up, even the pull up, max pull up, you can stop anywhere. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, do you I do mean, max pull ups. Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, both for load and for reps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then all grips, right? Neutral, chin, pull, flat. Like how how about this things. movement? Uh, uh, lateral raises. You do max on that? Uh, no, because again, that's sort of like it's that's an accessory in a feeder pattern, right? Like it's something where like we don't care about like the it's like it's I guess it depends on what you care about. So like I mean there is I mean I think I I'm not I'm not exactly positive, but I think Louis Sear, the Canadian from you know history, still holds the record at like I think his max hold in that lateral raise position is like eighty five pound dumbbells. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I guess people do the iron. I mean, not, I guess people yeah, do the iron cross. iron cross. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it depends on I mean, what your goal is. So I guess if you're asking for crossfitters and like sport athletes, I'd say, nah, like we're probably not going to do that. I mean, sometimes you do stuff for fun. Like you can, you can have something you're like, ah, oh, we'll just see what we can do for, you know, this movement or that just for something to break up where things are at with training sort of like, you know, when training super hard, sometimes it's nice to sub something and it's just, just fun. Uh, Brandon Waddell, uh, reverse hyper was the best piece of equipment I've bought for my gym. It's been a lifesaver for my low back issues. Does everyone have low back issues? A lot of people definitely have low back issues. I mean, it's a world of sitting. Yeah. Oh. Um, Blade Walker. I love deficit deads. I know yeah. me too. And I wish I didn't like them. Uh, <laughs> it's to the point where I work them for strength more than regular deads. Is that a problem? Or is that just making me strong as fuck? Yeah I, yeah, I sometimes wonder if I shouldn't be doing as many. Like, I, I don't ever do them heavy, but I like doing them too, just light. Yeah, I mean, there's... I Because I, it feels good again, right? It's that stretching. Oh, yeah. it, it just feels good. Yeah, that deeper position. I mean, yeah, for us, for sure. We're like, we're going to work deficits on like different heights. I mean, I mean, Westside's had some big deficits. I think some of those guys are have pulled like, I want to say like eight or 10 inch deficit, uh, which is... I mean, that's with that's real weight, fun. not just like, yeah, the, totally. like, like yeah. that's if I'm doing stuff like that, I'm doing it with just uh, the kids bar. twenty. Totally. Bar yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 We, we pull kind of like, we kind of top out about four inches. Like that's about as, as much of a deficit as we'll take. Um, and then we'll work everything from like four inch deficit to uh, rack pulls or block pulls where the bar is like elevated off the floor. What I mean, about- there's some really cool ones because <clears throat> you can also pull especially bar deadlift, right? <clears throat> sorry the uh is that this bar yeah yeah that's i mean that that's a great that that is a severely like a sunset bar or something what, yeah, what do like you call a, it uh it's all i mean originally it's a buffalo bar okay so the original name is uh I'm, I'm pretty sure it's from west side and the original name is a buffalo bar rogue named their uh version of that buffalo chris duffin um on the west coast has his duffalo bar um kind of mod off his own name 
And then um, like Westside, I don't know where they're at for selling barbells now, but theirs was like, they just had bow, mega bow was what they called it. And um, there, that's, that is a fantastic bar to pull a deadlift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so Justin brought that bar up when he came up last year and we maxed it as a deadlift. And I mean, it is, it's real spicy. It doesn't want to stop like that, right? That's just, they somehow tricked it. It wants to always fold. Does it always want to fold? It, it'll stay like that in a rack. <clears throat> it'll stay like that in a rack, but on the floor, you'll have someone who kind of like stands to the side and keeps it vertical until the athletes got their hands on it. If they're going to pull. So, I mean, with Why a bar is it like spicy? that, it should be easier, right? Because you don't have to bend yeah, down as far. Okay. Totally. That's exactly what people think. So like <laughs> right. the, um, I mean, shorter athletes will probably find it easier. But as a like average height or tall athlete, we'll find it very tricky. So one, that bar is 38 millimeter. So it's, it's thick as fuck. And on top of that, it's incredibly stiff. So with a stiff bar, you essentially on a deadlift are going to have none of the weight and then all of the weight. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So you don't have that like ease. So you know, a good deadlifting bar. You has say a nice that, that, like, that like that's a like that's a bad thing. I don't we don't you want a stiffer bar because you get quicker transfer of power? No, no, no you don't. deadlift bar. No, look at like heavy deads, especially these days. So you know, so they. I feel bad thing. for them when the bar bends. Like, oh my god, they're wasting all that effort. No, to get they're it up. they're no? sort of like wedging in and loading into it. So that okay. whip on a. I guess I don't as understand as that an, at all. Um, same as an Olympic bar, right? So yeah. Same as like clean and snatch where you want to have I that kind of get because you get a yeah, bounce you so it helps catch you up. it on there. But right. on that deadlift bar, you get that nice bend into it. You wedge in tight. It kind of like takes attention, takes attention, takes attention and, and up. Okay. It wants to come. Yeah. So, so once you get it off, maybe inch two to three or two to it, four is actually helpful because you get a little bit of a. Well, and you're not taking all of the weight from the lowest position, right? So then you are sort of like you are getting that sort of like good wedge in and start position. So you get that good leg drive, you get that wedge in and you start to take the weight and you sort of can kind of like, like ease into the trigger pull, I guess. Um, but with that bow, like, I mean, one, you're getting all the weight all at once and that subtle change in height can actually make a deadlift harder for the first couple inches. So huh. if you elevate a deadlift bar, like a little bit off the floor, then you actually can take out a bit of that leg drive that starts the bar. And you end up with like this like min max spot where it's actually the hardest spot because you're you're not getting that initial start leg drive and you're not quite where the hips are optimal to really do their job. And it can be you can actually see a, a D de, like decrease in uh, one rep max load as that bar is just like a couple of inches or three quarters of an inch off the floor. So I've experienced that thinking I was going to make it easier by lifting it off the ground and it actually it, it didn't. Um, yeah, totally. So you're saying if this idea that I'm getting is like, hey, be barefoot, do deadlift on concrete, get immediate transfer of power through your body to the bar, right? Up through your body, through your arms to the bar. You're saying you agree with that, right? I would not go barefoot. Theoretically. But as thin a shoe as you can get. I, I like a tight shoe. I, I think a shoe actually um, – I like the, I find that the, why not go barefoot, but theoretically what I'm saying, you agree with just not in, in <laughs> practice, right? Yeah. I, I like the rest of those pieces for sure. But barefoot, like, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. The piece I would say is like, are you getting the most out of the lift? And I, I feel like the answer to that is, is no. Um, because I feel like there's just too much in the foot 
mm. with all the small bones and the way the foot can move that the shoe. So the nice thing about being barefoot is one of the things that actually makes it not as value, not as good for the deadlift as just like, if you get like a good, like, remember that, like, I mean, they're, I think they're pretty impossible to find these days, but remember that like when Reebok was building those like high tops and they had that like real stiff wall, high top shoe that was like their powerlifting shoe. They did it for a oh, little while. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. see pictures of those. I know oh, man, those in person. That, that yeah. shoe is so good. Um, so like that kind of shoe where you can, it's like extremely tight, like sidewall to the shoe. Um, it's like okay. really thin. So you can tighten those laces and actually get a good tight foot. So if I like, especially if you're a wider stance, like any of that push out, you're getting, you're getting no roll of the foot and you're getting no like squish of the skin. Like all of that sort of stuff is like, is removed. So it's just, I prefer a shoe and think it achieves a, a better result. Yeah. And, and I feel you on that. So, but what you're saying when you grab a bar and you're lifting it off the ground, that, that, that isn't, you, you're caught, you have this, I, this concept of like wedging in. And then mm-hmm. also what I'm picturing is, is when you finally get it off the ground, the outsides actually, if you keep moving, yeah, you can kind of utilize a few pounds yeah. to actually lift. Okay. Yeah, totally. It's funny. I'd never thought of that. Yeah. But probably because I'm not lifting anything um, uh, heavy enough. Uh, well, it's, like, qu- it's pretty ahead. cool with like a deadlift bar. Like that's what makes them kind of special, right? Because the deadlift bar, you're going to have a 27 mil. So it's almost like a half step between like a women's bar at 25 mil and like a men's bar at like 28, 28 and a half. I didn't um, even know there was a deadlift bar. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, but like, there's lots of them. People make them now. Yeah, Texas, Texas bars and uh, Rogue. Um, do they use those Kabuki. at the games? I think they, they did use- actually. They I think did? they used. Yeah, I think they used them. The uh, I I don't know for sure, but I want to say they used them in that deadlift ladder at the ranch for the anniversary. I I, I think, but I I don't feel 100 percent confident in that. Um, uh, uh, Dick Butter, uh, where is this guy located? Where, you, where, where is Squamish? Right on the ocean, um, on the west coast of Canada. So we're about 45 minutes north of Vancouver, Canada. Pull up a course I can. I'm going to try to pull up a map here. Ah, here we go. It's funny. I, I, I didn't, I thought I knew where it was. I did not think of it as being on the West coast. Yeah. Yeah. That's us right there. Beautiful British Columbia. How come I don't see it? Did, did I zoom out too far? Yeah. I zoom in a little more. Oh, there Whistler it is. There. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're kind of halfway between. So Whistler was the 2010 winter Olympics. Um, we're kind of halfway between uh, Vancouver Whistler. Amazing drive along the ocean from Vancouver to Squamish. Oh, and um, um, incredible and, area. Oh, CrossFit had its 10 year anniversary. We went, that's we right. Actually right up through there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, so you can see the chief in the photo there. So that's like the uh, large block of granite. I mean, that granite is like old school Yosemite. Like it's just like uh, very similar, just way way less volume of traffic on it. Hey, um, so you to to you're you're kind of isolated. So to, to see you, you have to fly into Vancouver and then make that drive north. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what a lot. Of, I mean, Justin, and those guys all just will drive up from uh, Vancouver, Washington uh because it's actually i mean from portland you're maybe like five and a half hours or so six hours maybe yeah so ba- yeah right from portland oh so they just drive up yeah that's they just drive five up. hour that's only yeah. five hour drive yeah i mean wow. well i mean it kind of depends on what happens in seattle but the uh but if seattle's reasonable yeah yeah super easy drive you mean in terms of traffic 
totally. Yeah. Um, totally off subject here. Uh, that um, that event at the um, games where they had the rucksack on the back, and they were asking the athletes to do pistols. Do, do you have any opinions about that? I didn't hear anyone talk about that, but I remember thinking That's, I did. I remember with, thinking uh, I didn't like that. And most of the athletes were on their toes when they were. Well, I shouldn't say most. A lot of the athletes I saw, maybe it is most, were on their toes when they were doing those squats. I just didn't like putting the athletes in that situation. Do you have any thoughts on that? And you don't have to have any thoughts on that. But yeah, I mean, curious. yeah, not really. I think, I mean, I always say with programming for events, like, so we, we've hosted a ton of events here. We've had, you know, CrossFit competitions. I, I worked for the games for six years or so, I guess. You, you did. What years were those? Uh, 20. So we hosted, uh, sectionals. So before, if you remember before, uh, the open, so I think it was like maybe one year. So we hosted sectionals for British Columbia in 2010. And um, I worked through 2010 until my last year was 2015. So 20, 2015. Did you uh, work with Curtis Bowler? Was that something oh, you yeah. did too? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, good friends with Curtis. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Good that, dude. that guy is, oh man, the best. He Curtis is the best. Again, that guy is so awesome. So I worked with Curtis. Yeah, I actually knew Curtis um, from before that because uh, he had a strongman event. So that's how we actually got into strongman stuff was through Curtis's uh, fundraiser um, for uh, Fragile X in um, down at his his gym. Yeah, and that's actually wow. where I did my level one. So I did my original level one um, at Curtis's gym with uh, Dave Castro and. Um, Dr. Mike. Uh, oh, that's uh, Lisa Ray's husband. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And wow. uh, yeah, Rob Wolf did the nutrition talk. And uh, yeah. God, I that must have been a good one. Yeah, I think it was like, I think it was like, oh, I want to say 07 or 08, maybe. Yeah. We actually met at my level two. You and I did. Yeah. Was it in San Diego? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Or no, sorry, San Francisco. So we it was at uh, Freddy's gym. Um, oh uh, no, shit! One, what year was that? That was January of '09. So that was like you just done the uh, every second counts. Jason Kalipa just won the CrossFit Games because that was like so that was a crazy uh, L two because that was the old school one, right? Um, and that was like Kalipa was there, uh, John <laughs> Wellborn, uh, Carl Paoli. Um, like it was just a ton of studs in that in that seminar and also me um (laughs) how old are you you look too young to be at a l2 in 2010 (laughs) Uh, i'm 42 wow you look good thank you yeah good job (laughs) yeah i I thought i thought you your skin would be all cracking and broken and i thought just from being in the cold weather and right no it's a cold that keeps you healthy and young icelanders oh good point um, how, how did you, um, how did you meet, um, Adam, uh, Neifer? Well, actually, so it was at, uh, Curtis's event. So the oh, first, down, okay. yeah, the first time I met him, we were both competing in his strongman event. Um, for those of you who don't know, Adam Neifer owns, um, uh, CrossFit Fort Vancouver, uh, been to the games probably 10 times. Uh, oh, man. yeah. C- coaches, uh, Justin, uh, Ellie, Just the best. Best and he's person. got, and he's got a couple other uh um he's he's got that young girl um Trista. Yeah, and 
and and I think maybe a couple others. Yep, but, Mac but as well. Ton of a uh, ton of uh, masters athletes. Yeah, it, it kind of. Um, I mean, you could argue he's one of the most knowledgeable, if not the most knowledgeable, CrossFitter on the planet. I mean, there's there's definitely an argument for him. You got to put him in it's, some sort of it's insane Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a uh, and and like and and he's not. A, what's funny with all that being said, I don't think of him as a games a gamesista. I don't think of even though he coaches all these world class athletes, I think of him as a method 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 logically one of the most sound uh crossfit coaches in the world like he'll, mm-hmm. he'll help you with your parkinson's i mean shit the uh right? he's incredibly smart yeah yeah incredibly smart uh brilliant strategist extremely thoughtful um just a, he's a great person um yeah inside of that crossfit realm i mean yeah, like kind of all, having the he's in a category kind incredible. of all by himself, right? I mean, he's getting into this kind of really rare air. I mean, he would, he would probably, <laughs> yeah, he would hate us saying, yeah, that, totally. it's true, yeah. but it's true, but it's true. It's getting uh, yeah, weird he, with the whole Justin thing he's doing with Justin now is just in Ellie. It's just we, he's getting into this weird space. It's, yeah, he's awesome. He's an awesome guy to work with. So <clears throat> we met at, um, at Curtis's event and, um, a couple times and then, it was actually at that Whistler um, tenure. So we reconnected that Whistler tenure, had some awesome conversations. And then it was the, so that would have been September in 2019, right? Was he right. coaching Justin at that point yet? I guess he would have just started maybe. Okay. I think, cause he, I don't, I can't remember what year he picked up Justin. So then he reached out to me in like two weeks after the 2020 games ended and um and just uh, gave me a phone call and two weeks after 2020 yeah okay yeah. he he reached out and just said hey i've got an athlete that um i feel like maybe you might be able to help with um we're you know trying to do you know accomplish this with him in this next like couple months and uh and we're wondering if you'd you'd be interested and um to be honest in general, I would say no. Um, only because I just, I'm really tentative about anything that would be remote programming mm. is I just don't know that it's best practices. And yeah, you showed I, that in the, in, in that video you talk about, in a video I watched, you talk about that. Like, hey, yeah. I'm not, okay. Yeah. I just don't think it's, I just don't, well, you're not coaching. You're just a programmer, which is not say just a programmer. A programmer is a big deal for sure. But, uh, but it's just, and especially the system that we use, it's really easy to not necessarily make mistakes, but just be suboptimal by not choosing the best <clears throat> weight selection or, um, just, yeah, not understanding how to set things up correctly, et cetera, et cetera. But because of all the COVID stuff, um, the zoom thing was kind of a, uh, piece then and, although I had kind of opted not to do anything with zoom that uh, I was like, well, let's give a session a try and we'll, we'll do an upper body session. We'll give it a try on zoom and see if it's like possible and, um, and gave it a try and um, thank fuck. Cause it's, it was awesome. I, I, yeah, I was really tentative to say yes, but um, we hit it off. Um, like pretty straight away. And, um, 
and he was just so coachable. Like it was, it was amazing how easy it was with just a phone on a tripod to just be like, Hey, you know, like this, you need to set your shoulders a little more like this, like try this. And he's like, how's that? You're like, yeah, that looks great. And, uh, we were just able to move from one piece to the next. And, um, he would just move the tripod around the gym as he was doing these different things. And, um, the session went well, and then it also always has to work for like both the coach and the athlete. Right. So there's some times where, I mean, no harm, no foul, but sometimes it's just not a good, good connection or a good combo. And in this case it was, it, it, everyone seemed pretty happy and, and they asked me to stay working with them, um, a couple times a week from through November to new year's, um, and I said I would as long as every session was always on FaceTime or Zoom. And that was that was my as, only, oppo- as opposed to just sending programming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was just not, not interested in just sending programming. Um, because I've just seen it come up short too many times. And um, and so we started doing that. And then New Year's, um, they reevaluated and asked if I would stay until the like 2021 games. And um and yeah, we started at two sessions a week and then we went to kind of, we do pretty, consi- we're, we're always three sessions a week unless it's like a recovery cycle or something like that. And you still do, if he's not up there, um, you still do it by phone? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't miss a session unless I absolutely have to, but I, I hate it. I hate missing a session. Um, why do you think, um, Adam, um, I, I'm get, I'm guessing, um, I'm guessing Adam, told um justin hey i know this guy up in squamish you do and and i'm assuming then justin said yeah adam whatever you think i trust you absolutely i'm yeah i'm I'm getting i'm just making that up for anyone who's listening don't take that for as the gospel (laughs) let's assume that that i'm i'm that's true um why do you think adam chose you why can't Adam do it? He, he, I mean, he, he's so good at everything. Why didn't he go to, um, there's why cross up the border? You know, that's just a fucking hassle. Um, why do you think he chose you? What do you think he saw? I mean, that's probably having I mean, the best question asked for Adam, but, um, you think but, he just uh, liked how clean you kept your gym. Well, I was going <laughs> to say the way the best part about that video is the log area. Where, where people <laughs> log their information that I wanted to go up there and drink a cup of coffee and just dig through people's logs. God, it's, you know what? It sometimes looks so it's uh, super interesting. Sometimes yeah. it's very disappointing. Is it? Oh, it's just, there's that sometimes air. you open some of those books and you're like, okay, there's actually <laughs> nothing in here. They just wrote their name in the front. That's, I, that's all that's in here. I just like that whole area of your gym. <laughs> anyway, why do why do you think Adam chose you? What did he see? Um, I, I think he sort of felt that uh, like, you know, based off the conversations we'd had, um, that, uh, that I might be a good fit for adding something as a specialty skill. I think Adam does a, a really fantastic job and I've thought a lot about it just because, uh, I think it's actually a really valuable piece is like know where, you know, same as like, if you were competing in a team team event is you need to know when you're like, Hey, I could keep going, but if I step back and let this other person step in the result for the team is higher. Because although I could continue to produce reps, I can't produce them as fast as uh, letting someone else take the lead now, you know? So if you're working as a team, it's like knowing when to be like, I got this, but also knowing when to be like, I'm going to step back and like, let someone else run the ball. Um, Had he ever coached it? Had he ever come up and trained with you? No. Did you know, did you have any famous athletes come out of your gym? Like, uh, 
Um, do you think he was no. watching like your We've work done, you did with this 17 year old? Yeah. We also had uh Kalen at the time who was also, I mean, we had some, uh, we've had some solid success with teens. Okay. Um, so we had Kalen at the time who was, you know, like 198 body weight, um, 620 deadlift. Uh, and he was like, I think he pulled, I think he broke 600 at 17 as well. Wow. Um, and, uh, had a bunch of national and world records for powerlifting and like, but was still like such a stud athlete. Like, you know, we've got video of him, um, pulling 500 stepping back and there's doing a big backflip on the, on the platform, you know? Wow. Um, so we, we'd been successful at building teens. I mean, we're a town of 17,000, but Squamish actually produces quite a lot for, for athletes, uh, in quite a broad spectrum of sports. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we talked a lot about youth and then like that young and then how we were doing what we were doing. And I think he just found it interesting and, and thought that it might be a good fit. Um, and I guess the, initially the idea was a commitment was low, right? Like if we did that first session, <laughs> like this guy is a nut, uh, no, thank you that, I mean, no harm, no foul. Um, and same thing if we got to Christmas and hadn't produced any results or they didn't feel like it was valuable. Like my piece always was. Um, I don't want to, I, I want to, I want to help as long as I'm helpful, you know, like I don't, we don't have any, there's no commitments, no ties and contracts. Like, uh, I'm around to be as helpful as long as everyone finds me helpful. Um, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, uh, tinkering with, uh, like, um, I'll give you a, a real world example. I was at the Arnold one year mm. in the late 1800s and mm. I was filming an arm wrestling event and yeah. there was a masseuse there and the masseuse worked on a, one of the best arm wrestlers who ever lived named Ron Bath uh, okay. from, the, from the East coast of the, uh, the United States, an amazing arm wrestler. And Ron then went up there and arm wrestled and he lost the match, a match he shouldn't have lost. And later we found out that the person who had worked on him, he suspected had done something to like, it wasn't the right kind of massage to get before doing a maximum. Yeah. That seems like a, seems like a terrible choice. And so how do you handle someone bringing in? It's, it's, it's kind of like um, someone like basically Adam rolled his Lamborghini into your shop. Yeah. Right. And, um, there had to be some trust. He had to have known that like, Oh, uh, uh Jesse Buffano, uh, works on Lamborghinis. He, he's not going to like f- fuck it up. He's not going to be like, Hey, let me try some new fuel in it and see how it performs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, mean, so he would sit in on the sessions for the first while, right? Like Adam would. Yeah, totally. And there's always that opportunity. Like for me, um, yeah, I mean his, uh, his gym thing is like his gym motto, I guess is like, hungry, humble, awesome. Right. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's just those, you know, those pieces are, are what sort of carry him forward for being able to like, you know, best assess. I mean, I think as a coach, you also get a pretty, I mean, if you can't pick up things quickly from like who people are, you're going to be less effective at like coaching them. Right. So one of the things were, were being, you insecure at all dealing with him? Like, let me give another example. Um, someone, someone brings in, um, the, uh, you're a carpet cleaner. You've been cleaning carpets for 15 years. You're a master at your craft. You fucking make $300,000 a year cleaning little oriental rugs, right? 
<laughs> I don't know if you can say that word anymore. I can, I can, uh, I can picture what you're saying. Yeah. And then someone fucking brings in a rug you never seen before. That's <clears throat> fucking from that, that they said Christ sat on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if I start to rub this rug and it falls apart? Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Of course. You, so, yeah, so when course. they, yeah. I, I'm Absolutely. just imagining like, like they, Justin shows up there and you're like, fuck, like, I, I mean, even if you have a perfect track record, you're like, mm -hmm. what if I, what if I fucking make him do the frog deadlift and he blows out his knee? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but, but as a strength, like as a strength coach, like, aren't you always kind of under that gun with good athletes? I, I guess. I mean, you sound so confident in just even in fact with the, with the one rep max maxes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you could go on Instagram right now and find a thousand people who be like, never do one rep max. I mean, you can yeah, find totally. um, athletes, um, very cool, probably athletes. Do you work? You, do you work with athletes who are like, no, Jesse, I don't want to do one rep maxes. No, <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. No. Cause it's just not our style. Okay. You know, and there's, I'm not saying that there's not other, I mean, there's, there's many ways to be successful and this is just the, the way that, that we do it. Right. You know, so it's not that you, it's not that there's not other ways that are like, well, you know, I did this and it's working great for me. You're like, that's, that's awesome. I mean, if it's working great for you, then great. Um, you know, there's no, that's just how we do it. And I don't want to be, we have to like, you know, we've been successful by, by doing it the way that we do it and, and who we are. But, um, also like, you know, it's a constant learning. Like, I mean, there's always learning and always pieces that are like, um, you're trying to improve at or, or be better at. I mean, I feel like I've got, you know, a long road of learning ahead still. So yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, when Adam's like, I've got an athlete, you're like, okay, like, you know, tell me about them. And they're like, it's Justin Medeiros. He just plays um, at the CrossFit game. He just podiumed the CrossFit games. You're like, hmm. Next mm -hmm. to the greatest of all time. Still next to the greatest of all time. You're like, right. yes, no, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. And, and he's so uh, and he's so young. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So you yeah. must see potential too. You a part of you, and I guess on the other hand, I'm asking if you're afraid. Another part of you must be like, ah, wait till you see what I can do with this young whippersnapper. Uh yeah, also true. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. you're you're inspired by by it. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, his work ethic and his like uh attitude is like uh you know, people are like, you know, how, how, you know, you get asked like, you know, what is it, what is he like, you know, cause we'll, we'll probably spend, I mean, six hours plus on FaceTime every week together. Um, wow. And, uh, and, uh, people are like, you know, what is that? He's like, dude, what do you see is what you get. Like how he, how he comes off in his YouTube videos is like, that's Justin. You know, like he, he is a genuine, super high quality guy. Um, and just a, you know, he's a, he is a pleasure to work with. And I mean, that's the thing too. He's got like, a little bit of Santa Claus in him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's just like, he's, he's big. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big personality. Yeah. yeah. But he brings like. Not obnoxious, I mean, just big. Oh, I'm yep. here. Oh, oh. Yeah. Like, I think it's cool to see like the things, like I've been very lucky to have the opportunity to work with some great athletes. Um, and it's always funny because you feel like the things that people are like, Oh, must be nice to have the genetic potential or the, the gift of this or this geometry or, and you're like, honestly, the thing that I see that's the most common thread across all of those groups is attitude hmm. is the difference is the attitude is always like, I mean, those like, you know, Justin, um, you know, Jamie, one of our girls is uh, just signed with the UFC this spring. 
Oh, yeah, uh, had her yeah, yeah, first yeah. UFC fight like um, um, April. And the thing you see, like, you know, those athletes come in the gym, Tegan, same thing is like, they how did she in... do? How did she do in that fight? Yeah, good. She won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she did. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was so cool. I was, I was so lucky to have the chance to go. Yeah. This yeah. chick. Yeah. Squamish. Yeah. Right out of Squamish. Yeah. That girl's got depth. I mean, the, uh, she's a killer. Uh, loves to fight. And, um, and did her coach contact you the same way Adam Neifer contacted you? Like, yo, I got this girl. Yeah. Actually, she, 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 she reached out to me uh, directly. So she, she reached out as the athlete. Um, and, uh, and I wonder how she asked. knew power. I, I wonder how she knew strength training would be, was for her. Well, actually we both competed in logger sports together. Oh, no shit. And so uh, she's just a tough, tough human period. She's tough. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Super tough. Yeah. Her yeah, face yeah. looks tough. Doesn't it? She's a, <laughs> that might be hurtful to say. Yeah. No, I don't mean it. In, I don't mean it in a mean way. I just mean like, like she could be a bouncer. Like you just look at her face. Yeah, like, she's look not how serious. She's yeah, serious. yeah, she's, she's a serious. Heart right she's there. not. Yeah. She's she's yeah. she's there to fight for sure. Like you know, I I was super lucky to have the opportunity. She asked if I would go and corner, um, as her third, uh, for oh, the shit. UFC fight. And wow, um, it was really super you special. To get to go. Yeah, I was really lucky. I mean, I have no business being there um so it was, it was dude that's very awesome cool. jesse yeah yeah it was it was, it was amazing it was, it was it was so but just that was that at the apex now we're way yeah, off it was, subject. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. i love i love the UFC, i love the ufc and i love fighting so yeah so i can't believe yeah, was at the, yeah. oh dude getting to see the apex like behind the scenes and getting to see like how the whole machine like works and especially especially having worked for the crossing games yeah and seeing like how it works and like what things are the same what things are different how they do this and how they do that like oh man like so and dana's like somewhere behind you right you're like up on the I, fence I, and like I you could like reach and was, pat him on the bald head no you know what oh. i don't i don't know if he's there honestly <clears throat> i was too stressed about freaking taking a bad step and stepping off the edge of the stage and right being the Steal dummy hurts them, hurts their back walking down the stairs <laughs> stealing the show <laughs> yeah so i i don't know who was in the room <laughs> Okay, before we get back, I want to go back to Justin in a second, but I want to ask yeah. you this question too before I forget. What yeah. what is oh, by the way, her back is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, right? Um, back is a dream. Uh two two questions uh, looking at her back, uh what about working with really lean athletes like this? Mm -hmm. Is this yeah. is this do you prefer not to work with mm -hmm. them this lean? And then what the fuck is this thing? I want to why do oh, I want to yeah. try that, that thing? That only exists here. <laughs> yeah, what is that? It, the, that um, rubber banding um, weights to you. And does that require help? Like someone doing that to you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. You throw the band on. Yeah. Once you're in, you're kind of in, uh, that's a, so we call that a rhino harness. Um, what's that actually is a, they, there's, they have one too, that goes even lower and has a pin off the hips, but we put the pin off the chest. So we, we built that, um, ourselves. That's 135 pounds. She's walking with Yeah, I know. fast. Yeah. Which to be really honest is very few people, uh, man or woman can, can actually do that. What yeah, she's, she's doing she's, right there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's brutal. It's so terrible. Um, and, your midline, uh, like you, you think it's good, it's and then all the of a weakest, sudden your midline's yeah, done? Whatever your weakest link is, like upper back, mid, lower back, hip, like it's whatever, whatever's the weakest in your posterior chain, it's going to exploit that, uh, and you're going to hate life, and you're going to get within 50 meters of the end and still think about taking a knee or putting it down. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so so yeah. are you going to patent that and then have uh, Bill sell it? 
over at uh, Mr. No, they're Bill, tired of Dear me. Bill and Katie. They are tired <laughs> oh, of you. Yeah, totally. you Any ideas for Bill? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, isn't Bill yeah. great? Isn't Bill great? <laughs> I, I I've never met him or, or spoken to him or, or uh, Katie either, but um, but I have been a rogue. I went so I, when I went down the Arnold maybe in 2016 or 2017, um, I'd sent a bunch of stuff and I'd met Omic um through yep, the CrossFit yep, Games. Yep. So I met Omic and then met with him at Rogue and signed an MDA with those guys. And because I have a bunch of like we do all kinds of stuff that we've built in the gym and um and definitely I mean to be fair, I feel like I should be an equipment tester for Rogue. Yeah. Because I agree. Some stuff like I don't know that there's anywhere in the world that is cycling through the specialty bars and that sort of stuff as often as we are. So like there's there's Stronger meaning you're gyms. breaking, meaning you're breaking bars. Well, just how often we use them. Oh, so, like, okay, all okay. of our CrossFitters use all the specialty bars. All of our lifters and sport athletes use all specialty bars. We use specialty bars. I mean, most days of the week. So, like that kind of equipment gets used all of the time. Um, so, there's things that I mean, over more than a decade, you learn where you're like, hey, this is what sucks about this bar. This is what could be better about this bar. Like so on and so forth. Like, so you look through those bars and you're like, I would do this. I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, this would be better for like, this is how this should be. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I met with Amic real good conversation. Awesome. We looked at a whole bunch of stuff. Um, followed up a couple times, had some other pieces, but eventually they're like, I mean, <laughs> just, you just stopped responding to my text. <laughs> I've, I've had a bunch of, uh, I don't know, a bunch, but I've had some ideas for bill. And one time I had, I wanted to build a, I had this idea for a ladder, but you mount it on the ceiling anywhere in your house and it turns into monkey bars. Okay. So, so you could buy three of them or five of them and you could build it like monkey bars in your kid's room, right? Ladder goes yeah. up the wall and then mount them. And, uh, he, basically he responded to me. He, Bill actually drew it out, hand drew out the, my idea for me. Yeah. And then said, go shop it somewhere else. I don't want nothing to do with this shit. <laughs> and he, and basically for reasons, he's like, hey, I don't fuck with kids shit or something. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not mounting shit on the ceiling. So <laughs> yeah. fucking some kid can fall off and sue the fuck out yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But I just loved him the fact that he was kind enough to draw it. He drew it out for me. And then he's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't bother me with this fucking crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. I was sending videos of like, because okay, we'll cut some stuff apart. So we'll cut uh -huh. rogue things apart and be like, Hey, we cut this apart and like rebuilt it like this, uh, or hey, we did this or mounted this on the GHD and like, I just got like the don't don't do that. <laughs> right. All right, good talk. Right, I'll text you next good idea. But there's um, some stuff. I mean, like it's every little. I mean, there's all there's just a bunch of little like the the Velcro on the rings always has made me crazy. You know, like it's like like it always fails. When you say Velcro on the rings, you mean like that just holds the loose, like, holds yes, the, yes, uh, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, like who yeah, doesn't have yeah, like, right. where, when does that Velcro last? Like every gym has like missing Velcro, oh. but if you take a thin single strip, that's like double-sided, like what you use to hold like your, you know, cables for your computer all together yeah, and do yeah. it on the back, you're like one, it's less material Two, it's less stitching. Uh, three, we did that like more than a decade ago on all of our rings and it still works. Why does the thin work better than the one that they have on there? Well, because the one they have on there, it's not this it's thin. It said it's it's the one they have on there is two parts and it just rips. Oh, okay. Versus this goes around as a constant loop. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that among other things, we're just like, no, thank you. But yeah, yeah I mean, lots of stuff. I keep mean, bugging lots, lots him. Of, 
they, they, I don't think they take it. Uh, to be honest with you, I think they're just they they're they're cursed with success. Oh man, they're, Rogue is and, and yeah, don't get me wrong in the sense of like Rogue is the coolest. Yeah. Like there's there's like Rogue is so like when you get like the first reverse hyper I ever got was was from Rogue, and the fact that they cut a separate plate that says Rogue and then has four bolts that mount to the side of that machine, you're like that's just the like that costs the money. It doesn't need to be there, but it's fucking awesome, and that's why it's there. You mean you mean it costs you money? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, I just love it. I just love that they're like, you know, that they're like the attention to detail, their um, innovation. Like, I mean, like Rogue's changed the game. Before Rogue, you're gonna pay like twenty five hundred dollars for like a, a two by two rack. Now you pay a fraction of that price for, you know you know, three by three or two by three steel with West side hole spacing and J cups have like that UHMW laminated into the J cup. Like it's awesome. It's, it's so awesome. Like they, they do so many things. So awesome. Look at this, uh, scout hyper. Mm -hmm. That looks scary that, that like it can yeah, fall over. Just a little something. fold, that, just a little fold up. Yeah. yeah they've it, had that for a bunch of years. Look at, it's got 275 reviews, five star. Oh, I don't doubt that it's awesome. Like if, if it's up on their website, I mean, it's really good. The things that's just cheap things for that like, a, a reverse hyper. Oh right? yeah. hundred percent. Totally attainable. Like that, that is a fair and reasonable price to pay for. I mean, anything, I mean, just that much steel, like there's times where, especially the price of steel now, where like, because we've got welders and, you know, I'll draw everything up on 3d in the computer before we build it. And, um, that, uh, there's times where we price stuff out and we can't, uh, buy the steel for the price that rogue is selling it for. Oh, you know? wow. Wow. Yeah. Stuff like dumbbell racks, people underestimate like just how much materials go in there. And then by the time you get good casters and like, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Louis Dude, Simmons. this thing weighs a hundred pounds. It looks like it next to Louis. It looks like it weighs 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, look, that guy is uh, what a, it was just a legend. Look at that. Hey, what happened to him? How did he die? Did he have a heart attack or a stroke or does anyone know? What, what was the deal with that? Yeah, the West Siders would know. I mean, I don't think it's for me to say, but okay. um, I mean, he was in the gym training that morning as far as I like from what I was told uh -huh. uh, that he was in training that morning. Um, I think checked himself into the hospital later that day. Uh, had some discrepancies with those guys. And it was just like, I think told him to go fuck themselves uh went home and then and then uh, uh passed at home that afternoon and um i mean Damn. i mean that's i mean that's i you know from my understanding that's what he was hoping would be the end he's training right to his very last day how old was you know, he he wasn't helping old, coaching right? i think 74 oh. or 76 i want to say okay yeah i think so, I, so not not old but not young yeah i mean that, that like he's been through the paces like that guy Ah, man, his strength and capacity is, is insane. Like when you read a uh, book of methods and, and stuff like that, like when you, you, you got to stop and think about some of the details in that book with like what you're reading and what you're seeing, where you're like, I oh, you don't know, like, as a finisher, you just grab a set of like 50 pound dumbbells and you just do like five minutes of reps, you know? And you're like, huh. you're like, okay, no, nobody can do that. Right. Just do okay. Five minutes of unbroken reps. And like Louie, like, so um, do you know Jesse Ward? Yeah, yeah, great guy. That's up in Washington too, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Does yeah. he still have a gym? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He turned and into a lion. Did he grew out his hair and turned into? He's got a, a lion. yeah. He's got a big mane. 
Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's as handsome as ever. Yeah, the, awesome. um, So him and I actually head out to Westside um, for a week uh, years ago now. Um, but we were there and we did sort of, um, they had, they were doing set up battling chains. So they had half inch chain, like, you know, two 20 foot lengths of it that they had out in the yard. Like battle um, ropes, but battle chains, but with half inch chain. Yeah. So we were this, out in the yard doing that. This sounds dangerous. Oh man. Like we did five, we both did five minutes of it and it was crushing to keep going without breaking up for five minutes. And we came in and they're like, they're like, bro, you know that, you know, like, Louie will go out there. He'll go like 45 minutes or an hour by himself just out there, you know, and this is in his late sixties, you know? And so he just, he had just tremendous strength. He, he was still putting in so much effort and um, yeah, just tip of the spear on so chain. many levels. I want to, I've never seen someone do battle chains. It's the same thing as battle ropes, right? Mm. Yeah. Just half inch chain. Battle you're probably, you're not, probably not going to find it out there. It's probably just West Side. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Got it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it probably is. It, it probably is. Uh, it probably is West Side. Let me see. Oh, shit. This is crazy. Yeah, this is nuts. That's funny. I've never seen this. Look, that's the second. I've never seen a frog deadlift. These, these ones are hooked up to a bag. Can you see that? Yeah, totally. So we just had one end in each hand. Yeah. Yeah, it was spicy for sure. I mean, not common. Haven't done it since, but it just was the like just the idea that I mean, his strength, endurance, and capacity was huge, huge, huge. Dude, look at those bikes right there. Those are those bikes where you where you turn a stopper down onto the wheel to slow the wheel to make yeah. the. You see that? <laughs> yeah. Those things, oh, those man. two on the yeah. end are crazy, oh, dude. Do you, like, do you remember before like assault bike <laughs> where they're just like everyone was like spending like people were spending three four hundred dollars buying like a 1980s freaking like aerodyne that they kind of like half re-welded back together you're like yeah at least those were bikes those things in the corner are like things like you'd see in people's houses in the late 70s yeah no one you could those were unrideable you know what i mean it's just something pushed against the wheel yeah those were those were nasty um Oh, I want I want to go back to uh, uh, Justin. So, so you work with Justin, and um, and, and you from from day one has it been um, smooth sailing? It sounds like you were you you went in with cold feet uh, or, or very uh, hesitant. Maybe might not be the word, but hesitant. And then and then it was like, oh, this is gonna work. And it's yeah. been like, yeah, it's been a I pleasure mean, ever since. Yeah, really. I mean, honestly, yeah, it has. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, right for that. You weren't like, hey, this is taking too much of my time. No, no, no. That's the pro athletes are like, I mean, one of the reasons that I stopped working for CrossFit was um, I really care about the, like our community and our gym. And it started to get to the point where working for the CrossFit Games was just pulling me away for too long, too often. And it stopped having a positive effect. Like, it has to have a positive effect on our community and, and our people. Um, and, uh, and that sort of became no longer the case um, kind of after that 2015, where I was just like, I'm just away a lot. And then I'm unreachable because like, once you switch gears to work, you know, regionals at the time or the games, like I would just have my phone like off. Like it just wasn't, wasn't available for anything but the games. And, um, 
And then um, that piece with Justin and having that opportunity to work with um, some professional athletes, I feel like for me has been really high value because um, you still want those data points, even though they're outliers, they're still valuable because it's like, you know, it, it puts the coach in a spot where you have to be paying attention. Like, I mean, it's easy to have someone come in who's like, I've never lifted weights before. And like, what's your bench press? 45 pounds. Um, and, you know, a year later, they're, you know, 180 pounds. Like, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, like there's some thought along the process, but it's, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. But you have someone come in, especially CrossFitters have that, like, uh, male athletes tend to have, a, like, a spot between 275 and 300 that is unpassable for many. Um, you know, some American athletes are different with like having grown up with a football background. So some of them are like, I used to bench 405 and now I bench 315 or 325 still. Um, and they, they can ride off like previous performance. But, um, but a lot of people, if you haven't, if CrossFit was your first exposure to barbell, that 275 to 300 can be a real sticking spot for, for athletes. And, um, you know, being able to start working with Justin, is kind of being put on the spot for being like, does your programming work? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you, you do want that opportunity to prove um, your system's validity. Um, and then also to continue to adapt. I mean, I have learned a huge amount from working with like, you know, Justin and Ellie and um, Adam and that whole team. I mean, the, the whole team, I mean, Daniel and Dallas, like the whole crew, um, it's just such a, you know, special group of people and such a high quality group of people that it's like, I, I've learned a huge amount in the past couple of years and, um, and we've worked through all kinds of stuff. And sometimes we do stuff and you're like, yeah, it didn't work that good. And you, you're just like that, that, uh, here's what we're going to do next or based off what we're seeing now, this is how we adapt. So we kind of train like event to event. So what we do between quarters and semis is different from what we do between semis and the games. And, then we take, take time off in August. And as we come back from the games, what we do uh, from you know September, October to Rogue is uh, different than we do the rest of the year. You know, and, and it's and some of it is largely based off of um, what we saw at the last event. You know, and then what, what we sort of are like, okay, based off what we saw, based off how it went, then here's the next layer of things. And and sort of um, you know, in this system, it's not it's not something where you say, okay, here's my number times it by this divide it by that, and then add this and then go up five pounds every week. It's much more sort of um, it's, you have to be paying attention and you have to be talking with the athlete, talking with other coaches, um, watching to see what the chain, what the effect that uh, the, you know, what you're doing is having on the athlete. Is it the desired effect? Um, what's changing? What are they, how are they speaking about things differently? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more time consuming, but at the same time, it feels like the end result is something that's like also very special and has a, um, just has, has an effect where like, well, this system will continue to work. I mean, we'll keep moving the pieces and we'll keep making changes and adaptions and there'll be new things and new equipment and, um, but how we do what we do, um, so far, so good, you know? Uh, your fellow Canadian uh, says hi, Peter Shaw. Oh, there we go. 
Yeah, awesome. Hello, Peter. I I like the way you you um I like I like the way you, you said that because m- maybe in the future I'll, I'll ask the question like that. I think it's better. The question I was asking you earlier was, do you feel are you nervous like tinkering with Michael Jordan's dunk? Totally. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, For but sure, maybe I- the question better should be, are you excited? And, and I kind of don't like asking that question, but I prefer maybe that I like the way you said it. You you are excited to. put your coaching to the test and yeah. you take, and you Absolutely. take it seriously, but you are, mm-hmm. but you are excited and stimulated and up for the challenge to, to, to put your coaching to the test. Yeah. There's, there's pieces where, I mean, there's like ups and downs in there for sure. Right. Because there's times when you're just like, you watch stuff and you're like, fuck yeah. And you've had amazing gains. I mean, the first 16 weeks we put 25 pounds on his bench. Which wow. like, oh, like, you know, some people would be like, oh, like no big deal. Like beginner gains. You're like, well, it's not beginner gains. No, it's not beginner um, gains. Yeah. And, uh, and it was right through a sticking spot that, that most people don't get through. And now the work we have to do to maintain that bench is actually pretty low. Um, so it allows us to work on other things. And, you know, you might argue like, well, the bench press doesn't come up very often. And what's the value in that? You're like, well, I mean, horizontal pressing doesn't come up in competition very often. But the value of horizontal pressing and then time spent building upper body strength and capacity, I mean, is high value for making positive changes to other movement patterns. I mean, when CrossFit says, you know, what are the you know 10 components of fitness? And if you say my you know stamina and cardiovascular endurance are like nine out of tens and my strength, power, speed are like five out of tens, I mean, which one are you going to focus on? And then what effect did those things that you're weak at have on the other components? I mean, the idea that we've always spoken about has been like, you bring up those low end, um, those weaknesses of those 10 components of fitness, and they have a positive effect on those ones that are already strengths. Because you can't expect to make, continue to make positive changes to those pieces that are already strengths by continuing to do them. You know, the marathon runner who continues to get a better time and continues to increase training volume until they can't, you know, now you're a, you know, it's a two fifty nine marathon runner. You're training 20 plus hours a week. You still have a 40 hour a week, regular job. You have two kids at home. I mean, what's your next move? 22 hours a week, 23 hours a week. And then what's your exposure to injury? You know, if you keep doing the same thing, you know, if you've got a clean or a snatch and you're like, Oh, it's weak. So I'm training it all the time. I mean, what's the next thing that happens? Um, there's also a couple of different things going on, right? There's um, uh, people coming in there who want to lift heavy objects for the sake of lifting heavy objects. Yeah. And then there's people who, li- like the fighter, mm-hmm. who it, it, it's, it's, it's all, uh, I guess, accessory work or complementary work. And still then maxes, though. Okay, st- still, still maxes. Mm-hmm. It, it, and then there's people like Justin who it's kind of like a hybrid – like everything has to be accessory work and complementing other movements while also still he may have to perform maxes. No, not will have to, may have to, will have to perform mm-hmm. maxes. Yeah. And then you've got yeah. stuff like, the, you know, Jamie, who also has a weight class component, right? R- so right. He, he can't right. stack weight on because she right. walks around at like 152 these days, but will fight at 125. She's one. Wow. Man, mm-hmm. she is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's so, so what you're seeing in that video. So muscle her really is heavy. The end of her, yeah, her nearing the end of her her training cycle. Her weight cut, yeah. okay. Yeah, so she's getting close to fight weight in that video. 
Like that, that, that fight was actually 135. So she's not, she's not quite as, uh, she wasn't cutting all the way down. But I mean, it's crazy. I mean, some of the, like, uh, some of the pieces with, uh, <laughs> um, some of the pieces with like that weight cut and the, and the cut near the end is, I mean, it's something to see. I, I don't have any part of that. So like, I was just so stoked to be along for the ride. Like her striking coach, Jay was down there um, from Canada as well. And he is crazy volume of experience, like uh, super confident, just being able to watch him do his work and get her weight cut. I mean, it's crazy. Like she was losing two pounds an hour in one of those, like, have you seen those bags? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I've like, only seen them on embedded on the show, on the UFC shows, like each hotel room in Dubai yeah. has one and they <laughs> climb in there I know. and then it shows the athletes go in the bathtub and getting hot water. And yeah. Just, I'm just like, fuck. Oh yeah. And she, I mean, Jamie takes it like a champ. Like she goes through that. I mean, I skip a meal. I get real, real miserable and sad. I mean, she's cutting tremendous amount of weight and then that cut. And she's still like, like friendly, approachable, good person. You know, like, you know, you cut that weight on a lot of people. They're monsters. <laughs> uh, Justin Medeiros, Jesse, you are crushing it. I'm so proud of you. Uh, <laughs> much love. Nice words. Uh, from- That's nice. Nice words from the champ. How about incorporating uh, a, a second athlete? Um, if it wouldn't have been someone who was working with Justin, would you have taken on another athlete, you think? Because uh, you, you also now train uh, Ellie Turner, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we were down in Australia uh, two weeks ago for the Torian Pro. Man, you, went down, you went down there for that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because wow. we had to kind of split the team, right? So uh-huh. we had um, – so Wow, Adam, so you're on the team. This isn't just you're not you're more than just the weightlifting coach. Uh yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I feel yeah, like yeah. that's true. Yeah. Okay. Maybe okay. maybe it's not, but I feel no, I feel mean like fuck. If you went to Australia, yeah. you, you get an automatic uh you're in. <laughs> and, and and maybe everyone is. I'm 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 just feeling around trying to understand the the familial nature of it or, or what it means to be on the team. Yeah, like you went down there. It's a pretty tight, pretty tight group. Um the uh yeah, so for semifinals, Justin's um semi was the same as, as, uh, Ellie's. So Adam Dallas and Daniel went to, um, the West region or West semi with, um, Justin Trista, um, the teen and then, um, Mac as well from Adam's gym. So he had the three athletes there and then Ellie had to go back. I mean, she, she tried to get sort of the opportunity to not have to travel back. Cause it's, it's a big time away from the team and, and, uh, coaches and her gym and everything else. But, um, but she did end up having to travel back. So she was in Australia for the month of May um, and then competed at Torian at the end of that month. So I flew down um, the week up for the event. So I got there like Tuesday uh, before the event and we both flew out the uh, following Tuesday. Yeah. So I got and, to go. and you got to work uh, closely with her because there was a time, right? Wasn't she was kind of like stuck in like purgatory. And so Canada yeah, she was, was yeah, home. she was stuck here with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Canada, the prison. And, 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 and so she, and so Squamish at that point, that was kind of her home gym, right? That's where she yeah, was. She was, she was here for, um, she arrived at the end of August in Canada. And then I think she got sort of like the thumbs up from, uh, America in like middle of October. And then she was she was able to uh, to get her visa and then head to the states. Yeah, so she was uh, with us for that like six weeks period. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Sh- Sh- Shannon Madera's <laughs> giving you something. So, so what, what about that? Was that, was, was that a no-brainer to take on someone else who was also part of Adam's team? Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll work like I'll work with Adam uh, on anything. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I so that, that relationship's I mean, grown we're, tremendously we're, in the last couple of years. Yeah. So so yeah. To to be fair, so like the the two of us are working with um, uh, Justin, Ellie, and Trista for CrossFit, and then Adam and I are working together also on Jamie, the UFC fighter stuff as well um because and i for the exact same reason he asked me is that a couple of fight camps ago i was just like why the fuck am i doing her conditioning like adam is better at this than i am like hand it off like just do let let me do what i'm best at and then hand off hand off what i'm not and uh so he took over doing her um conditioning work I think we've done it like three camps now and then we've carried on. Now this is the first time we've carried on with it between camps. So she had her fight in April and we've carried it through now and she's looking towards a fight sometime, uh, hopefully September, October, but there's nothing, nothing official yet. Um, she's got a four fight contract with the UFC. Um, so yeah, so we've started working with her as well. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's hard. Like, like it's, it's really I mean, it's really humbling to have athletes reach out and be like, can you help me? And um, so on and so forth. And it's just, there's it's such a, like one, it's a, it's a big commitment um, to on your part or on their part, both, both, both. And um, two, it's also one where like, I mean, in the CrossFit realm, like I'm on the team that I'm on. You know, like oh. I've, I've got full effort and everything poured into to this team right now. Um, and <clears throat> mostly I'll do like, I mean, I've done some console stuff, which has actually been pretty fun. So I'll do like, if like, hey, if you want like some direction or advice on like where you're at or like w- what what's going, you know, what might be good options. And like, for sure, that's, I mean, that's a easy one. Like it's a low commitment. I can spend an hour if I just schedule it in. But to take on like, full programming of the else. Cause you're like, I just, I remember Shane. So Shane sweat who, um, you know, he's been a huge mentor for me for years and years. Is that the um, guy whose gym we looked at with the girl deadlifting? For yeah. The volleyball yeah. Okay, I mean, okay. Yeah. Shane has built champion after champion. Like he, he works with incredible athletes and, um, has helped me for, you know, I mean, more than a decade. Um, and, uh, I remember getting advice from him years ago where he's like, you have to be very thoughtful about who you choose to work with and you have to be successful. Um, Cause otherwise it's your fault and you're gone. <laughs> and uh, you know, whether that's true or not, that's always kind of been like one of those pieces where I've kind of reshaped that to, I can only take on what I can fully apply myself to and give everything I have. Right. So something pieces where like, I don't have any hobbies. I don't have other things I do outside of this. I don't. You have uh, kids? No, no, this is it. Like, this is everything I do. And it's been like that for like, you know, going almost, almost 14 years now. Um, so like, that's what I think about at the end of the day. It's what I'm talking about. Know, 10 PM, 11 PM at night, you're, you know, texting with or messaging with practitioners or athletes or, you know, it's like, it's, full application. So when people reach out, I think sometimes they're like, it'd be great. You could show me some things and, and give me a program and good to go. 
but the reality is you're like, that's, it's just not how, how I work. And it's not, I think, um, how I would be like successful with an athlete, which is like, that's the most important. Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like sell someone. I'm like, Oh, I could do anything. And you're like, that's not always true. I mean, there's also athletes who are like, it's just not a good fit. So I'm, I'm super thankful and, and very fortunate for all the people, um, that I do get to work with and, you know, feel guilty about not being able to help more, but that's just kind of where, where things are at these days, the, you know? There is a consistent theme with you since the beginning of the interview uh, where also you're not interested in um, – you don't sell IKEA furniture. You're not like, hey, here's the box. Here's the instructions. Go put that shit together. Like you're going to have the people come in. You're going to cut the wood with them. You're going to saw mm -hmm. it. You're going to sand it. You're going to screw it together. I mean you want to be there. You're not – yeah, for, for some reason – you want to be extremely uh, hands-on with your, um, yeah, with, with your craft coaching, but not programming coaching. You have a really holistic view of it. You haven't yeah. you haven't parsoned it out, um, mm -hmm. maybe in your own mind, but you're not for what you want to do with athletes. It's it, it's uh it's it's pretty holistic. Yeah, I think. For sure. Like, so before, before this, I was part of like a definitely. Let me ask you one question before yeah. you say it, but, but um, for another dad point, did when, 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 when you asked Justin to do a PR, does he do them all in house or does he do some on his own? Oh, I don't want to miss a PR. Okay. Yep. Yeah. See, it's consistent. It's like that. Yeah. You're not, you're not fucking around. Okay. Go on. No, go cause, on. You, cause you're looking, cause inside of that max, you're also looking for a breakdown. Yeah. Right. I, like I, you want to see the lift. Cause you want to see like, you're like, okay, great. Like, even if he makes it, you're like, what can you learn? Cause the, the, there's the physical adaptions, but also there's the pieces of like, ah, oh, like he made that, but you can sort of see just a little bit. Like there's this little like hitch midway or, you know, he flares a like elbow out, elbow in this happens. I rounds up for back, whatever, like it doesn't, whatever the thing is, like, that's what you're looking for to be like, okay, like better than last time. So we're doing the right things, but to move forward and, you know, get him to, you know, the next weight or the next piece, because there's also a spot where it's heavy enough for his sport, right? Like there's a, there's a spot where you get to where like, that's enough now and we don't need more. And so then we're like, what else can we do? Because I mean, some of the things that I get up to with those guys, like, you know, like it's, it extends past just like how physically strong they are and able to display on a single rep, right? Because strength is also that capacity. I mean, think of like why CrossFit adds strength in, right? It's that well-rounded capacity to not be injured, right? And as, that, as an athlete in any sport, I mean, there's also a spot of just like staying alive, like not ending up with an injury that's the end of your career, not ending up with stuff that's like big setbacks and cost you huge training time. Like those sort of things that have a negative effect can sometimes just be unable to maintain good health, you know, and not just like as a, um, as a, uh, like not health, but like even like, you know, joint integrity, range of motion, everything else, like, you know, working with specialty bars and uh, a ton of variants, you know, imagine you're in a squat, either volume or a max, and you end up out of a good position. What's your answer for that then? Is it like optimally that athlete has trained a bunch of specialty bars so if you end up, you know, you come out of the hole on your back squat, your upper back rounds and you get pushed forward a bit and 
optimally what goes on in the athlete's mind is, ugh, this sucks and it's not great, but I'm strong here too because I've spent all that time on that S, like that safety squat bar. You know, I'm, I know what this feels like to have that like upper back. Like it's not just it's perfect or it's not because the more you spend with it just a straight bar, I mean, it, it opens a door for being a specialist right. where you're great as long as it's this. And then eventually you're too tired. The reps are too many. The weight's too high. And it ends up not being that, you know, optimally you've got that capacity then to still manage yourself. It, 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 go, going back, the, the fact I mean, that you want to uh, watch him do his um, uh, PRs, watch your athletes do their PRs is, is just more another data point of just how you operate. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's incredibly, uh, it's consistent. You're con- you're consistent with your, um, dedication is not the right word, but de- it's obviously dedication, but yeah. yeah. C- yeah kudos, kudos to you for being, yeah, you, you, you're a, I don't got a master chef. I don't know what, I don't know how to explain it, but <laughs> my cooking is medium to poor. You're, you're the guy who makes the stuffed animal, but even though no one sees the stuffing inside, you're concerned with what, how that's placed in and, and yeah. the pressure. And yeah, of there's course. this yeah, attention absolutely. to the the whole thing that you're, you're invested in. It's yeah. It doesn't cool. always need to be the front facing pieces. The um, yeah, I was, I mean, that was a big motivator for me um, when I left wildland fire was I knew my time, there was kind of like at a wrap because I mean, it was a, it was, it's a super cool uh, uh, time job. where time with fire. What's fire? Wildland fire. So oh, I, I worked okay. as like a wildland firefighter for, um, for 12 years. And, um, and I knew my time there was at a wrap as it just was like, I just didn't, I didn't feel like I was having a, like a large enough effect on the greater good. And so that became like, you know, I started doing CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, I said that was my last live rappel that I ever did. Um, it's pretty cool, actually. That's at the Winter Olympics. So that was at the Winter Olympics in February. It was it's crazy that that even happened. Um, but was uh why? Yeah. Why? Because of the weather? Oh, the yeah, the weather, the because we can only repel in like certain uh in like environment conditions, etc. This is like February in Canada. Uh, and it actually came together. And yeah, my last live rappel from the helicopter was onto a barge floating Coal Harbor in Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And so, and so your, your career as a, uh, as a wildland firefighter ended when what happened? You were going to say, yeah, I just, I, I realized that I just wasn't having like, I wasn't having an effect on like the greater good. Like I wanted to, you weren't I putting out enough like, fires. There weren't enough fires. Well, in Canada I mean, you you. to realize like you're putting out fires that are like, in, for the most part, I mean, there was a bunch of times where we saved houses, but that's, that's pretty rare. And, um, mostly you're putting out small fires in the middle of nowhere that are low con low, no consequence, or you're putting out fires so that those trees can be cut down later. Um, the, uh, the pieces became like, I just wanted to have more effect. I actually looked at, um, uh, getting like p- police as well. I considered going that direction, but knew that I was like also vulnerable to my like environments where like, I felt like working in that role would, wouldn't be my best best setup and then also wanted the capacity to lead um and then sort of do things the way that that i want to do them and so the gym became that piece so as i like yeah my dedication and drive to help athletes at any level um was i mean kind of discovered through that process of wildland fire and the training uh new recruits at wildland fire and 
and just that piece of like the effect you can have on someone else's longevity, uh, someone else. I mean, this is why we all, I hope all, I think maybe all started CrossFit it was just like, man, this is so awesome. And you want to kind of help and support as many people as you can down that path, you know? And then as time went on, I mean, getting the chance to work with pro athletes, I mean, pro athlete is, is such a special thing because you're like, there's so many pieces required for that person to get to where they get to. And not even to like, you know, Justin at the top of the food chain is, I mean, the, the, the most incredible, but even just being able to, I mean, Jamie getting to the UFC, like, you know, Ellie being across a games athlete, like Trista 17 years old, that girl trains before and after school every day on her own volition. It's amazing. No one's pushing to be there. She loves it. It's having a great time. I mean, that piece where they can, do that with the dedication and the drive and maintain that through years. And like, you know, other people are going to school and, you know, furthering their education, setting themselves up better. And these people are like, they're bearing down on a dream. And so the opportunity to help somebody see their dream to fruition, I mean, is so fun. Bearing down on a dream. Yeah. Crazy. Um, uh, Linda, uh, getting to something superficial here. Linda, you yeah. saw, when you saw that, were you like, "Oh, I can't wait to see my guys do Linda"? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, I mean, didn't it's go like Hinshaw seeing a running event. You, it's like Hinshaw oh, seeing a running event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with like, you know, um, you know, Boz, I've known for a long time, and um, I'm so stoked with like ways up to these days. I mean, that that Sandbag event last year at the games. That's arguably like. I mean, that's arguably one of the best Saturday nights of the CrossFit Games ever. I agree. Like every, the, the execution of it, the presentation yeah. of it, the way yeah, everything the athletes about perform, it, everything. Mean, yeah. Oh man, and the and then the in the warm up area, like athletes were like, "Holy frick!" and they were like failing attempts at a way lighter weight, and then everyone went out there and just tore the fucking doors off. Like it, it like amazing. Like I think of like that Sandbag event in with like you remember like when Amanda came up on Friday night like in L.A. where it's like like you're just like you're watching you knew in the moment that you're watching like something so special right and it's like so that sort of stuff is like is so exciting and that i mean that uh the capital event yeah i mean being able to even mimic that in your own gym and give it a try you're just sort of like this is ridiculous this event is crazy like it's the pieces that are like where crossfit is at now and what those games athletes i mean if you're last at the games you are a savage savage. Yep. You know, like it, it's, a, and if you like, there are people who aren't getting to, to uh, go to Madison who are incredible athletes. Right. And so being able to watch and to see that capacity displayed, I mean, so awesome. I, I, I always it. just think of Adam Clink whenever I like, like pre CrossFit, he's got it, like the shit he did that, that mile. Do you know who that is? Adam Clink? No, I don't know that name. He, he did the uh, sub five minute mile, 500 pound back squat, oh, yeah. like just yeah. like just out there on the track. And it was just yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like the fact that you're getting CrossFitters now that are pushing on other people in their specialized sport should draw more attention than it, than it does. Right. You know, like the fact that you're like having these, I mean, that there's a true um, human capacity thing going on here that kind of transcends CrossFit, transcends the absolutely. Olympics, transcends. Yeah. It's like, it, 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 yeah, it's, it, I don't want to put it up there with like what, what Honnold did, like 
climbing yeah. fucking Yosemite with no yeah. ropes. I mean that like that's one that's, in eight billion. That's also batshit crazy. But but it is. You're right. We're we're seeing the CrossFit really is a, its own special. It deserves yeah. deserves not the right word, but we're we're lucky that we're interested in it. Yeah. Oh man. And cross like the community, knowing that there's this many people out there in the world who, I mean, working with CrossFitters is the, is fucking awesome. I mean, it's like, if you're working with them, like, oh man, like people take for granted, I think maybe, maybe this isn't true. How um, motivated a CrossFitter is to learn. That if they want to seek information out, they seek that information out. They read books. They um, they uh, go get coaching. They book private sessions. They put in the time on their own. Like they they adapt and figure out the skills that they want. Like it was interesting. Shane Sweat and I were talking about it uh, not long ago, and uh, he was saying he's like, "Oh man, the first time CrossFitters showed up at Westside. I mean, we give out all the reading material. Hey, read this. Blah blah blah." He's like, "You have all these lifters show up, and they're like, Do you guys read it?'" You're like, "Of course not." And he's like, okay, how many people were able to get through like some of the books? Everyone in the group had got through all the material. And we're like, oh, um, okay. And just like engaging, like tons of smart questions. Like the, the CrossFit baseline capacity like a, that's like, huge. although shouldn't be. I, I remember going to a gymnastics cert for the, uh, in 2008 or eight, maybe filming. Um, and it was the first time this gymnastics coach had ever worked with CrossFitters. Adrian was there. Yeah, it, it, taking the, the course, and there there were like fifteen crossers there, and I remember the gymnastics coach being like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, like we've totally. gone through all the material that I've had planned for three days and two yeah. hours, like because yeah. just everyone's capacity. Yeah, yeah. Who was the coach? Uh, was it uh, uh, Jeff Tucker? Nope. Uh, Farrell. Okay. Uh, he was the guy who ended up having a lawsuit with uh, someone ended up suing him because someone got injured at one of his events. It was completely oh, okay. ridiculous. Like someone tried to run up a wall and do a flip, like they did, like oh, uh, yeah. Fred Astaire style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what happened to that guy? He was really smart. I can't remember his name. If I said his name, no. you probably remember. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he was pre pre Tucker gymnastics guy. Right. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Alton um, NYC was there. Yeah. Adrian Bosman was there. Yeah. I got in trouble. Um, I, I was I was filming the event, and I got in trouble at the event because I brought a forty pound uh, Met uh, D ball that I gotten from D ball. Yeah. And uh, and I during the lunch break, I, I did a little impromptu workout, stair runs and D ball slams with the forty pound D ball, which was insane <laughs> back then. No one had a forty pound D ball. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh man, I got in yeah. trouble for for doing that. But yeah, it was when, a good time. Uh, <laughs> when I went to I went to regionals for Can Can West in uh, 09 as an athlete. And, um, the, wow. w- one of the events was clean and jerk. And I had a decent placing with a, I think I hit two Oh five uh-huh. and that was decent. And yeah. two of the guys hit two forty, and people were like minds blown. Like the other athletes, like, can you imagine the strength? Yeah. 240 pound clean and jerk. Incredible. Incredible. You know? And now you're just like, <laughs> man, like, it's it's amazing. It's so amazing to see how it's grown. Like the sport is, is so exciting and awesome. I mean, the CrossFit athlete is just the, the example for all sports of like that athlete that puts like they're into their nutrition. They're, they're taking their mobility and self-care crazy seriously. Like they invest in all of their efforts across that broad spectrum, not just in their uh, selection of movement patterns or time domains or 
those sort of pieces, but also just in everything they do. Like, I mean, man, like, wow. I mean, we've been across the gym for 14 years this October. Uh, I'm as motivated now as I, as I was then. Yeah. I, I, I sense it from you and, and it sounds like good things keep happening to you that you've earned. What about kids? Do you have any kids classes? Yeah. Yeah. We have you like do? 60 plus 18 and unders. Oh yeah. No shit. Yeah. Our kids stuff's like, yeah. For I was sure. expecting you to say, no, you know, we have, you know. Oh, I love working with the kid stuff. It's, it's so fun. I mean, the littlest kids are hilarious, right? It's, it's we, so we, our youngest stuff, we actually focus a lot on like, you know, base move patterns, but a lot of strongman stuff. So we took everything we had for adults and then made tiny versions of it. So we have like a tiny prowler, tiny oh, like wow. iron mine sandbags because remember those blue iron mine sandbags that used to be the standard before rogue so it was like yes, World yes, Strongest Man. so yes, we made yes, tiny versions of yes. those for the kids we have tiny atlas stones they're like 20 pounds uh they're actually cement still but like yeah miniature the uh oh no we like we have i made logs for the kids that we made them out of like you know those like uh cardboard sauna tubes that you pour like uh, cement posts with yes 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 so i i took those modified them and it's like we got a three pound like uh kids log that i put like black gorilla tape over so it looks like a yeah, like a black awesome. rogue log and then yeah. you know, and it's funny though because the kids the one thing you don't realize when you're building those is their little arms barely clear their heads yes so you have to be careful that you like don't make it so the handles are too deep or they they actually can't lock out with the bar over their head <laughs> the the um it's interesting. Uh, I, I value things that like Rich Ronin has shared where he says, Hey, kids should, should be doing sports and like outside yeah. playing. Yeah. Um, but also there's a huge value to uh, getting them into CrossFit. I, I always trick them into doing it. Um, but w w you, you know, like you may have a time constraint. So you go out there, you warm up for five minutes and you get to your workout. Right. And you want to yeah. be done in 30 minutes. Cause you got to, to help ellie with her bench press uh but but with the kids it's like i trick them like hey you're gonna throw a tennis ball with your right hand and left hand um 20 times and then after 30 minutes they're taking a 20 pound med ball and doing that strongman thing like you said yeah. where they you know yeah, they throw yeah. it over their head yeah but if you just go out there and tell them hey we're gonna start with that 20 pound uh medicine ball one it's dangerous and two yeah. they, they, it's work to them yeah, but you've started yeah. with a tennis ball and then a two pound D ball and then a three pound D ball and you work your way up and they're great. They're game. And it's, I've been yeah, doing that for so years fun. now. And now my kids ask for it. Yeah. And so I yeah. agree with what Rich says, but I also think you can get them into CrossFit early. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like guess just, yeah. Getting those baseline patterns. I mean, we've, yeah. I mean, you know, um, games, games, it's yeah, games, games, it's right? fun. games, and games and challenges. So like, yeah, um, challenges, right. Like the, the challenge of, um, pushing pulling things is always mm -hmm. high value like you know putting a bunch of plates on a sled and you're like okay let's see like you know having a rope and have all of them work together like some of that opportunity to work as a team or as a couple of teams or in pairs like we try to combo between like individual work and uh group work and that's just stuff to keep it like one interesting but two also learning now to coordinate like if you left them to themselves they can't pull the sled but be like you can you try to put the breadcrumbs down where they can start to see like, I can't move this by myself, but if me and my friends work together, we can move this. And then having it start to be like being able to coordinate efforts where they can carry something in two or three people or, you know, we even like, and it doesn't, it's not, the point isn't heavy. The point is like being able to like coordinate a plan. So right. moving a tire, 
you know, the littlest kids aren't going to be able to move a tire other than roll it. But if two of them pick it up or three of them pick it up like around its edge, then they can lift it together and they have to like work together. They can see when one person doesn't help, then it doesn't work. And yeah, I, I love that sort of stuff. The, um, yeah, are all obvious. the parents and members at your gym, the parents of the uh, sometimes? Yes. Sometimes no. Okay. Like we have, we have a lot of like, so our, our youngest is like four years old, but we, we might go back to three years old this, this fall. Um, and, uh, and our teens roll all the way through. So we have a, a huge volume of teens. I have quite a number of teams. I work our teens. I work with individually, um, as well, um, with all kinds of different sports. I mean, we've got a ton of teams who are, her trying hard to get places. Yeah. What, what, what did you think about this, this piece of equipment? This is the, yeah. Were, were you, do, do, why do why do you think that they chose? To, I, I, I have no proof, no. but I think that they chose to use this because it was easy to standardize across the world. Meaning, meaning you could put 30 of these in a box and, and uh, with yes. some tape on it and send it to Africa. The shipping, it would be easy. Yes. Right. Um, yeah i don't or are you disappointed in how that kind of uh, in this played out i was disappointed in how it played out i as an event programmer i guess you programmed always, events yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah yeah strongman crossfit yeah we've we've had events at our gym for the last 10 years okay um the uh yeah love event programming um you like one of the things that's always in my mind. And and is, before you go on, let me preface this preface. And you also love Adrian's programming. So this isn't a yeah. no one get all crazy. We're just, yeah, no, no. Specific, yeah. Specific he already said he loves where Adrian's taking things. hundred percent. Yeah. Right, and, okay. and, and I would also always say that when people have complained, I mean, in the past, I mean, Dave's, you know, Castro's take a ton of criticism for his programming over the years. Right. And what I've always said to that is like, run your own event then. And then you get to do all the things you want to do. But it's when it's, you know, when Dave's been in charge, when, you know, Adrian's been in charge, that's, it's theirs and they get to make those choices. And if you don't like them, one, you don't have to participate, participate Two, you can have your own where you do whatever you want. So, you know, that's what I would maybe preface that with. But one thing that always crosses my mind for events is the standardization and the opportunity for equipment issues and that and that unfortunately that that sled although probably completely fine for training opens a door for like just a bunch of issues that you wouldn't have if that was like a steel based sled or a steel body sled with a center pin because even stuff that the fact that those plates could slide off the back of that if that strap is loose that the you know, would you just not use a sled if there was no other option would you just switch to something else no i would just use a steel slide i like that no but I what like if that. they what if that's not an option would you have just gotten rid of the the stimulus altogether oh yeah like if it the the, the um equipment can, couldn't be standardized yeah. yeah yeah definitely i mean that's why we don't really see that like overhead kettlebell swing show up in competition really anymore, okay right like i think it's just because it's it opens too many doors for like problems in judging or that sort of stuff. Right. So I think, I think that with like something like that, like, yeah, it was kind of like, ugh, like you hate to know that. And it was, it was also real expensive if you needed to make a change to it. So if it folded, if like the front corner, corner folded under 
or it slid across like markings on the floor or a change in texture from one lane to the next. If it was a, um, uh, event that had like a big decal on the floor, you know, that sort of stuff that like, I mean, it was sort of like, it just opened the door for variants and it's, you gotta be so cautious of that sort of stuff, especially the higher the level gets. I mean, the better the athletes, the more you've got to be able to be like, Hey, we're going to have to split times by fractions of a second. The, I mean, there, there are some uh, pretty small options. This is a beautiful sled. Yeah. This totally. Slice sled. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, this that, little so that, there's a, if you scroll thing. up a little bit, there's that, um, yeah, that, that, yeah, that one there, that rogue E sled, super light duty. I think that center pin comes out. Where? Um, oh, sorry. Did I, did I miss it already? Yeah. I think you scroll oh yeah. 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 That thing's higher. awesome. Right. Yeah. That little E sled. Right. So it's like something like that would have been more my preference, but again, like, I could, I could be missing something inside right. of what, like what the reason was like, maybe they're like, Hey, actually we tried it with a steel sled and it, you know, worked really badly on the rubber matting or, or it lifted the rubber mats. Like it gripped too, maybe it just gripped too hard. Right. And it, and it raised the rubber mats in on, uh, in some situations whereas the uh, soft sled didn't. Um, that thing weighed 26 pounds and this carpet magic carpet weighs four pounds also. So it's, yeah, it's for every six of these you mail. Although yeah, that totally. other thing's pretty small, man. But uh, yeah, so it's just one where it's just like, it, it just is one of those where it's, it's tricky. And sometimes you just get, I mean, I've had events a hundred percent where I've tested it, you know, a dozen times, watched a dozen different athletes go through it, feel super confident. You get to the event day and you're like, well, fuck, <laughs> I just didn't see that coming or this changed or, you know, it, uh, Yeah. I don't know. Were, were you ever, were you ever weak? Physically? Yeah. Were you ever oh, weak? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 As, yeah, as I a mean, little, as a little kid. No, no, no. Recent. The, um, no, I, I've, um, no strength is not actually what I'm very good at, which I, I think is maybe why I've been able to be helpful to some people, um, is just because the, um, no, there's like, I legit clearly remember a time um, maybe 15 or 16 years ago where I, I was, I, buddy and I had, you know, we were working construction, finished so the this day. Is a, you were 25 years old. Yeah. Somewhere in my mid twenties. So I, cause I came from, I, I was running ultra distance, um, climbing all over the world and then doing fires in the summer. And the, the, when I was doing wildland fire, I was as part of a specialty group. So my body weight had to be under 170. Um, and I just cared infinitely more about endurance and, and running and, and that, that kind of sport, all my time was spent outside. Um, but I legit remember getting a spot for my buddy on a 95 pound one rep max bench press. Wow. Yeah. 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 Did, no, did I, you say I, 95? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and now what's your bench? Like three forty. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, bench is still Holy a struggle for me. Shit. Yeah. A while ago, there's actually, um, yeah. You know, I, there, a while ago I posted a video of me um, when I went to worlds for powerlifting in 2019, I posted a video of my deadlift. Cause it was the first time I hit like six 30 in competition. Um, and uh, I posted a video cause I had a video from Jordan Glasser who owns CrossFit Whistler and I training at the rec center before he opened CrossFit Whistler. Um, and I deadlift a one rep max doing a CrossFit total I hit a max at 315 and like I'm just like shaking and like you know wobbling my way to the top of the lift, right? You doubled um, your deadlift in how many in 10 years? 
Yeah, about about a little over 10 years, I think I doubled it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, is there a weight where you can just see someone deadlifting and being like, that guy's on roids? I get, like for me, I would have thought it's nah. 600 pounds, but you're saying it's not 600. Pounds. No, I think, I think like, um, I've, I actually have had this conversation before. And I think, like, I mean, there's better people than me to answer this. My experience with like anything that down that path is, is zero. Really? So, really? Yeah. There's not, are clients honest with you too? Will clients tell you, Hey, I'm uh, on- you're out of the gym with us. If you, if you, fail a test. No uh, shit. Oh yeah. 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 We have Olympic, like we have a, why is that? Why, why? I just, we just, it's just not, this is not what we do. Fascinating. Okay. I had no, I had no yeah, idea. We, we, we take it super serious. Yeah. Um, uh, for ethical or moral reasons or more like, Hey, it's just like, Hey, uh, we don't touch, um, um well, want to keep some... it clean for the app because you want to work with clean athletes. Work with? Yeah. You don't want to take them. So it's not like yeah. you're against them. It's just like, Hey, that's, this isn't the gym for you. This isn't what we do. Yeah. Right. Totally. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, one of the things that's is really... it a totally different sport. Like, like I heard Serena Williams say, you can't compare men's tennis and women's tennis. It's not even the same game or like a world-class 12 year old tennis player it's a totally different game than an 18 year old world-class tennis player. It's almost like not even the same sport Yeah, for, for people who know the sport. Yeah. The, the yeah, skills like, you need to win. Yeah. If you're, I mean, yeah. As like, like is, is, is juice like, lifting, is that significantly different than yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Those numbers are different. Like not only the yeah. numbers, but just the, 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 as you say in Canada, the process, like maybe yeah, you switch totally. to three reps as opposed to five reps as opposed well, just to your recover your capacity to recover. Right. So people are taking like people are taking whatever they're taking to speed their recovery so they can work hard again. So it doesn't make, I mean, if you're, whatever you're choosing to do, if you're doing that, I mean, it doesn't make you like lazier weak. I mean, honestly, you're just recovering faster to go really hard again, but it's still breaking the rules. And one thing that's actually super progressive about powerlifting is, in my opinion, is that you've got tested and non-tested federations. So if you want to uh, do all of the things, take all of the stuff and see how far down the rabbit hole goes, I mean, you can go do that. And you just right. go compete in a non-tested federation and like get nuts, you know? Um, which is, I mean, I'd, it doesn't bother me at all that exists out there. Like that's that sport. But if you are taking stuff, it's a curiosity, like, at least we yeah. all like, like it's a curious, oh, like, I don't want anyone to hurt themselves, but seeing someone lift a thousand pounds is great. Is, is Shit, I'm interested yeah. in it. I'm oh, not turning yeah. it off. Yeah. I'll watch that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. um, percent. Yeah. But if you're taking stuff and then competing in a tested federation, mm-hmm. I mean, you're a cheater and a fucking coward. Right. You know, because you're like, there is a place for you to go. Right, right. So like that, that sort of, and for me personally, like, I mean, I've been a clean athlete my entire life for, you know, a whole bunch of reasons. One of those is that I need to know that, um, what the stimulus is. So I train our own programming. So the programming I put up for our gym, I do that. And cause I want to know it's part of the, it's one of the elements that goes into, what I program the next week and sort of making sure that all of our data points that are coming in are not affected by something like that is really important. So like when I look at Justin's numbers and we're turning things over, it's really awesome to be able to be like, okay, he did this, like one rep max or one thing, but then when you're like, what is he doing for his like, um, like hex press or 
Um, like where is his bent row at relative to our lifters? And sort of he would fall into the mix with our like our sort of like best male powerlifters for for where wow. he's at. You know, wow. so he's kind of kind of falling into that mix, right? Because it's a clean gym. And so that data points oh. are really high value to me, mm, right? Mm. So I can be like, oh, this is comparable. So you're comparing, you know, apples to apples. Uh, um, uh, Trish, uh, I am a dirty athlete. Yeah, we, we, I, we are full, everyone knows that about you. Uh, no, not Trish is not on the juice. Juice. Trish means uh, actually dirty, like, like dirty, like, like Im, uh, imp, impure thoughts. Um, so, so going back to that question, is there a way you can just see someone pool? I think. What do you, you know, think what, the most a, a, a clean athlete has pulled like for a roughly? deadlift? Yeah, for a deadlift. Well, I mean, you think a seven, there's been a 700 pound. Uh, oh yeah. Dead, yeah. yeah. We, we've got guys here. I mean, I'm fighting for that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I have, amazing. I have ambition of a 700 dead hundred percent. Do you have some yeah. weird um, body composition at that rate? Like your hamstrings are massive or your ass is yeah, I've got, weird or something yeah, weird is happening to your yeah. lower back. Pretty. Yeah. No, I've got a, a strong back, um, uh -huh. big hamstrings and I've got a good reach. So my bench is garbage. Uh -huh. But my my dead is is a good deadlift is a good lift for me. Like it's always always been right from the start. So it's is that, always is that, been a little better at. Of all the powerlifting moves, is the deadlift close or the drugged athletes and the non-drugged athletes closest at the deadlift? Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. So the presses yeah. and the bench press, those guys take some some pretty big leaps. Well, and then, well, I guess the other side too is you've got like physical gear too, right? Like by the time you put on a bench shirt or a squat suit, I mean yeah. the world record uh squat is like i think 1247 i want to say but maybe maybe i'm wrong um and that's with no testing that's just like get that's at it, go boys. for it yeah. let's do do they'll do all the things um the um the suit i kind of don't I, I i don't respect it as a strength number i respect it as a skill i know it requires a skill it's but oh, I don't, man but I, but for some reason, I guess I don't respect it as a strength. I guess you're under, no, you're it's, under the pressure. It's worth still. Oh man. It's, it is. Yeah. I mean, those guys are gangsters. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, I see worth, that. it's worthy of respect. It's, it's different. It's like, uh, but it's like saying like a uh, front squat, back squat, like I it's guess, different lifts, I, but it's I guess still it's the difference between being a good gunfighter and a street fighter. I'm not saying that there's no value in being a good gunfighter. I just, they're, they're different, different, different skill yeah, sets. Different. Yeah. Okay. Both. I mean, I love like watching. I mean, what it takes to get under a humongous bar in a suit. Cause like, I mean, I have a very low volume of experience on, on any kind of like, um, like suits, but we'll wear like our lifters will wear briefs. And that, that video that came up that Justin, we were there in January, I had him do a squat set in, in briefs. So it's what like, briefs, uh, just like underwear that like help push you up steel plate. Well, more than, more than gaunch. Yeah. It's like a short. So it's shorts that like kind of are like they're short shorts and they come up like pretty high but they basically cross the hips so imagine like a and they have they want to stay open so when you put yeah can, can you even do an air squat it? in them can no. you even do no <laughs> yeah what are these things called yeah briefs yeah so if you look uh you can look up like inzer predator brief do they have them do they sell them at rogue i don't think so actually they're briefs I'm, i just typed it in uh yeah it's an experience crazy how much yeah. weight do you need need on them to make them go down uh like i find i kind of squat below parallel like around three like 250 300 oh shit yeah slingshot briefs predator predator inzer predator brief 
Yeah, those that's kind of the, the I mean, <clears throat> my opinion is like the standard. Inzer Predator briefs. Here they yeah, are. Yeah, those ones on. right there. Yeah. Oh, those okay. Ones. Yeah. Oh those, shit. Wow. Yeah, that's them already. Wow. Right. Yeah. They just where how do, where do you put those? Do they just stand on their own? They just stand yeah, on they, the floor they, yeah, the totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'll walk you, away. Yeah. You, you don't fold those up with the rest of your underwear? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, they're so mine are like I've got like a like a two ply like cross like box stitch across the like the back of them. And you put the belt on, so they're high, so you put the belt across, right? So the belt kind of acts as an anchor. Yeah. But like, so imagine squatting in a crazy tight pair of jeans would be. Dude, smaller. Jesse, these come in fifty-two inches. <laughs> I, I think I, <laughs> I don't think that's a waist size. I think that's a numeration. Okay, but okay. The, uh, I like yeah, thinking so of waist like, size. Okay, so sorry, just to say yeah. that again. So when you squat, what? What were you saying? It's like squatting in a crazy tight pair of jean shorts. Like, yeah. You know, like it's just like you get to the bottom, like man, this feels great. So imagine like how a knee sleeve is. Like if you've ever worn knee sleeves. Yeah. Imagine an incredibly tight pair of like canvas knee sleeves, what that would look like. Okay. So like, so me, so I'm like, um, like a 530 back squat. Um, I've squatted 600 in briefs to a box. Wow. Um, which, and I mean, I would probably say that I'm not a good box or brief squatter. And I would be also say that I was conservative. Like at 600, I was like, I'm good. Okay. Cause you're like, cause when you're standing up, you've got all the weight. So it's still 600 pounds standing upright. Yeah, yeah. And you're very aware of the load. <clears throat> and then as you squat to the bottom, it just takes more and more of that weight. But just like knee sleeve, it just it means that everything else has to work extra hard. So I mean a pair of briefs. It's gotta be a head fuck too, because oh, man. you know it's, you're not strong enough to do it, but yeah. but you're but but you have to mentally do it. Well, and if you think about like you know, th when you get two like um magnets of the same polarity, yeah, and you go to push them together, you know how they want to go like every yeah. other way? That's what happens when you put on gear. Uh, so you see like uh, if you see a guy try to touch his chest with a bench shirt yeah and he's like lowering 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 it's getting closer he's slowing down it's harder it takes forever to get there it's because that bar wants to go anywhere else except where you want it to go oh it's, it's like it's doing it's doing that it's a bubble yeah, 100%, yeah 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 so the place that would be happiest is on your belly or on your face right and the minute you get out of position it all happens real quick so i mean people who are competing in gear i mean it's it's uh it's it's worthy of respect they're under a tremendous amount of strain pushing the edges of what the human body can sting because like just because it's being taken up by like knee wraps or sleeves belt and briefs doesn't mean that everything else isn't having to do work right I mean, that that carrot that athlete is still standing there with 1200 plus pounds on their back like it's incredible what um uh why why did you put justin in those just uh, constantly varied uh, yeah, as one piece, but I actually find briefs a really great mover for upper back strength. So it takes a ton off the hips, but then your back needs to be stronger. So like my deadlift moves, like I've moved my deadlift the most over 600 squatting speed days and briefs. So not my max days, oh, oh. but like my speed work doing that in briefs so I can load more weight on the barbell, use heavier bands. And I found that the carryover is um, not necessarily higher on the squat, but certainly on the dead. But that's just been my experience with our athletes and then myself. I mean, I had this, I had this lady on um, Jen Thompson. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. the, the 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 powerlifting lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jen's oh, incredible. She does this thing. She talked about doing holds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you an advocate of those also? The, the take, isometric take, hold? Yeah, basically take more weight than you can squat off the bar, hold more weight over, take more weight off the bench than you can bench. Yeah, I mean, I would have we used them? Yes. Do we use them regularly often? No. 
And the, the, the thing would be like, is there a time and a place? Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, the more tools in the toolbox, the better, the better, right? Like if you see someone who's like constantly failing the, the uh, squat in the same position, I mean, you watch it as a coach, you watch an athlete fail a squat, um, you know, in the classic, like min max, like that half, half position out of the hole. So they turn around, they get halfway up and, and fail. Like, okay, you watch that one time, fine. You watch that repeatedly over time. I mean, that's your fault now. So the more tools as a coach you can have in your toolbox would be like, hey, why don't we try this? Or why don't we work a box squat? Or, you know, the knees. I mean, the knees caving in on a squat. I mean, this, this is fixable. This is not a, a geometry issue or an issue with like, um, you're like, this cannot be solved. You're like, 100%, this gets fixed. I mean, you've, you've got weak hips. Like, wh- where's your box squat at? You know, how, how often are you box squatting? Like, how are you, what are you doing for range of motion? Like, you know, like a box is an amazing addition to squatting, you know, and it's not like, again, it's not like I expect to ever see a box squat come up in competition, but also if you have a back squat, that's whatever, 300 pounds and your box squat is 150. I mean, there's something to work on there. Um, uh, is your gym, um, still taking clients? Yeah. 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 We're, we're pretty, it's busy these days. It's, it's pretty busy. Um, but we have a congratulations on that. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, are you having trouble finding coaches? Yeah, always. I mean, I, I mean, we've got a credible crew of coaches. Um, but Squamish is a spicy area for like, it's very expensive living here. Mm. Uh, the cost of living is very high. And, and, uh, I mean, the gym, gym is always one of those jobs where it's like, it's more driven by passion than it is by like, look at all the money. Right. Um, so that's, that's always like a balance, but I mean, we just had our first two coaches um, hit their 10 year coaching mark this, like wow. this month. And then our first coach, Alan, she, she was our first coach to be coaching with us for 10 years. And then Jade just, just made 10 years this month. Um, and you're an pretty, affiliate. Pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Always. Yeah. And, and, and why do you stay uh, affiliated? Why, oh, why, why keep the CrossFit name? Because I, uh, I guess a couple of reasons. I guess one thing would be that uh, I would never be where I am today without CrossFit. Mm. And there's so a, a, a brand loyalty payment, 100%. A, tith- a, a tithing. Yeah, that is that is for sure. A, a moral no, or in- never in- integrity piece. Okay. Yeah. Every every, okay. every year that comes and goes, I never think about. Um, about uh do we need to remain affiliate i mean do we need to remain affiliate to do what we do I mean, probably not but it, that's not what that's not the reason the reason is just like i mean i never touched a barbell before crossfit i found crossfit when there was i don't know if there how many gyms there were maybe maybe one or two um because i i was like a dot-com piece that my my friend put me on to he's like hey you should check this out it's jim jones if you remember yeah uh, mark twight yeah mark twight so, yeah yeah so so my first impression was like, um, my buddy sent me two websites. Cause I burned, like, I mean, I had a bunch of injuries from running. Um, my shoulder had been repaired. I had, I had a bunch of stuff going on that just wasn't, wasn't at work anymore. And I had a day in the gym where went in, did fucking nothing. Like just read a magazine and won around visit with people and left. I was like, you actually did no things at the gym. Wow. And, uh, called my buddy from the payphone. And, uh, I was, I, um, <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, p- picture when we're talking here, right. <laughs> you threw in a couple of dimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 
And, uh, and I was like, bro, I, I think I'm done. Like, I don't know where my athletics goes from here because I'm just like, I just don't have any drive to, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what am I, what am I fucking doing? My ankles fucked. I could barely like walk to the grocery store without pain. Um, my shoulder was repaired. My range was super limited. And he's like, dude, I just came across these two websites. Check them out. It was Jim Jones and, and CrossFit.com. And Jim Jones was the vibe and .com was the content. Mm. So you read like that, that. Do you read the original Jim Jones? Like, yeah, like fuck you, oh, stay away from our gym. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. You, know, you CrossFit had a little bit of that too, and their and their contact. It said, uh, "Please do not contact us." Yeah, like we don't really give a fuck about. Yeah, what you think. like those, yeah. like those days. I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what you're looking. So, and you go to, and you're like, okay, well, I, I like this is me for sure. I mean, I'm in my early twenties. You're like this. That's that was my attitude for sure. Like stand outside. Maybe we'll let you in. Maybe we don't. You're too right. blonde. You right. know, that, that fight club style. Right. And right. And, um, and then com was like, but not for brands. Say, I wouldn't say, I don't know about Mark Twight, but not for brand sake. No, but no, but just kind of legit. to weed out the morons. Yeah. Like, Hey dude, there's yeah. plenty of stuff on here to keep you busy. You don't, yeah. you don't need to be like, I need some more attention over yeah. here. Like, yeah, fuck totally. you. Yeah, no, hundred, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah that was get a hundred air squats without unbroken before you fucking text us, you jackass. Yeah, it, it had nothing. To I kind of, I like, liked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, at the time, like, it was just like, I mean, that vibe was like right up my alley for yeah. sure, and it was yeah. one of the reasons why, it, why I gravitated to it. And, and I was and, a um, pussy, by the way. I wasn't a tough guy <laughs> at all, but like, I was, I, like, I kind of hated them for it. Yeah, I yeah. was just like, just your typical Bay Area pussy. Oh but, man! Well, but I also was intrigued by it. Like, really? What's yeah. behind door number two? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I came in with a with an ego for sure, and looked at it a couple times. I was like, okay, like, I mean, fuck, you care? So I looked at it on my like uh, computer, and I was like, okay, this warrior was like December one. I don't know. I can't remember when. Maybe oh five or oh six or some of that. And, wow, that, and, that's uh, old school, right? Yeah, yeah. I looked on the computer, and it was uh, Cindy. So it was like right before Christmas. I was living in Victoria, going to school, and. Uh, and I was like, yeah, my buddy's got a door frame pull-up bar upstairs. I was like, I'll go give this a try. Went up there, started a clock, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. Uh, got through it, came back downstairs. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, how was that? I was, I was like, that was fucking hard. Like, I, I had to stop. And she's like, you had to stop. Like, what are you talking about? Like, 20 minutes. You had to stop. You're like, yeah, I just couldn't do more pull-ups. Yeah. And she's just like, What? And uh, I have no idea. I can't remember what my score was at all. But I mean, that for me was like, one, it was insulting and offensive. Right. And I was just like- These numbers are so little. Yeah, you're like, I will do that (laughs) again tomorrow. And so I started three on, one off. That lasted like two cycles. And I was like, that doesn't work because I'm not apparently good enough. And couldn't do that. So then my buddies and I was like, I recruited friends at school that I was, uh, you know, I was in college at the time. Recruited a couple of guys from- uh, School, we're like, hey, let's let's uh, let's try doing some of these workouts. We'll go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and do these CrossFit workouts. So I get up in the morning, open .com, look at the workout, scroll through to like, I think it had a section where it had movements. So it like they had Sage Bergner doing clean and jerks and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. so I'd watch the video and I'd draw a stickman on a piece of paper because I'd never seen a clean and jerk. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, kettlebell. You're like, okay, that's some crazy Russian thing. So it's like, I guess we could hold a dumbbell. What is this like, on its end? Yeah, totally. Snatch. You're like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah, all the jokes, you know. Right. And, and, uh, and we just started doing that. And I did that 
all winter and we started being able to do like three times a week, but we modified a ton and people wow. would ask and like, I'd have a jerk, like runners, like <clears throat> who I train with, like ask at that point, like, I mean, at one point I ran 125 K, uh, like race. Right. Like I was, I was running ultras and, and, uh, I, I was fit, but not, not CrossFit fit. What's you know? the least and, you ever weighed? 155 as an adult yeah and what's the most you've ever weighed 223 okay and 155 is like you that's like lean and mean ready to go yeah. fucking run like 125 that, that was yeah that was that was not long before i i um i ran the death the it was called the death race it's up in northern bc how, how tall are you 510 oh wow so so just to flash forward real quick this was yeah. all education for where you are today. It's like, you have the, you have the, your life is clearly like, okay, everything I've done in my past has brought me today. Like you can see. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Structure and order. Elite at one fifty five. Um, elite at two, whatever. Yeah. yeah organization, I, I, all the sort of, yeah. Data collection. Yeah. Everything, everything's helped. So, so th this, you're, you have a significant amount, significant amount of loyalty to the opportunities crossfit inc brought oh, you man. and is that would you say that's why you pay your affiliate fees that's kind that's of a big part i mean i don't i mean that's the most common answer by the way i get yeah which is a tough answer pill to swallow if you're a businessman like they'll never yeah. accept that as an answer um anywhere except for like yeah. ca the catholic ch i mean <laughs> church right or, yeah, or sure. like greenpeace like yeah go get those japanese whaling ships here's my 50 yeah. bucks you know what i mean i want to save the whales yeah. but but like yeah. it's it's really weird that you pay the money for that i respect it and i get it and yeah, i agree with it, feels it. Like but it's, thing. i mean because i think of what gets under my skin and one of the things over the years that's got under my skin is i mean even west side so my experience with Westside, so the the strongest fucking gym on the planet. These guys are tough and they're rough motherfuckers. But also, anytime I've ever asked for help or needed anything, that that Louie has always supported. It, it's insane. I mean, you would call Westside Barbell and dial the phone up, and if he didn't answer, and someone else answered, I remember leaving. I mean, like, hey, uh, can I could I please speak to Lou? And they're like, oh, uh, he's not in the office right now. Can I take a message? And I'll call it back. And I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. So you leave your name and number. And, uh, you know, 6 a.m. the next morning, you're like, ah, this is uh, Louis Simmons here. Uh, you called yesterday. And you're like, <laughs> holy fuck. You're like, you know, you're, up you're, like, you're like, yes, sir. Yeah, totally. Yeah, try to try to find my my notes. And be like, <laughs> yeah, I just had a couple of questions. Um, you know, and, that's, and that piece was like, Westside was always credit where credit is due. Um, and the same thing with Shane. I mean, I, I met Shane at the, the CrossFit, uh, like West side seminar, the first, first, I think we went to the first or second one they offered who, who Shane, Shane sweat. So I met, met him there. And I was like, man, this guy is so much more eloquent with his explanation. And, um, <clears throat> and then it's cold called him. I mean, they put their numbers up on the board and we're like, here's our numbers. Call us if you need anything. So I was like, fuck it. So I called and I was like, Hey, is there any chance I could come and train with you? Uh, he's like, yeah, absolutely. And so I went out to sweatshop that the, the week that big Jesse and I were at, um, Jesse Ward and I went to Westside and he's on the L one team still, right? Jesse yeah, Ward. Yeah. hundred yeah, okay. percent. Yep. And, um, the week that we did that the Sunday before I showed up at, at like sweatshop Cincinnati, just on a Sunday morning 
And Shane met me there and spent the entire day with me one-on-one in the gym for no reason or money. Mm. And that's the culture that like my coaching was brought up in. Mm. And so when someone reaches out and they're like, Hey, could you help me? I mean, I do everything I can to be like, of course, because that, because I wouldn't be where I am today. Like I wouldn't be making any money doing this if it wasn't for CrossFit and Westside, you know, do do you think every sport needs um, a, a strength coach? Do, let me start. Yes. Sorry. Let me I feel uh, like, yes. Okay. So let me, let me go back a second. I should have built this up a little bit. Pretend like you didn't answer that. Okay. Does every, does every CrossFit games athlete need a Jesse Buffano? I uh, maybe, but maybe not. I mean, it depends what they need. So, okay. I mean, but some, some that doesn't, are, that doesn't comport with what you, your first answer. Your first answer is every professional athlete needs a strength coach. Yeah. I think every, I think strength, depending on how it's utilized will benefit. I mean, we have one of our guys. So for example, um, one of our athletes at the gym, uh, Josh is running a 200 mile race next month. My God. And he just competed in our powerlifting meet in April and hit an all time on his deadlift at four Oh five, like three weeks ago. Um, uh, how old is he? Good question. I mean, he's so youthful looking. I feel like. I feel like early mid thirties, maybe do you sleep on this 200 mile run or it's straight? Uh, he'll, I think he'll take like, he'll have naps. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's, but it's, he's like, he's run 1200 mile races. And so he is in the gym doing our like conjugate lifting, right. As a 200 mile runner. Crazy. Like for, we have mountain athletes. We have like, I mean, our pro athletes, we have everything from like kids trying to get to the NHL um, you know, isn't trying that to get every, to isn't that every kid in Canada? Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, we've got a couple of our athletes are, um, in Europe right now doing like enduro mountain biking. So like Miranda just, uh, rode like, um, I don't know. It was like, she did a six, 600 plus K ride down in California, like a month or two ago. Um, and she's in the gym a couple times a week lifting. So, I mean, it depends on how you use it. There's ways you can use it and have it not be helpful at all. And there's other ways where, of course, it's going to be helpful. It just depends. You can't have that UFC fighter be putting on weight. Yeah, we can't be doing, yeah, we can't be stacking on a ton of meat. Like that's not going to work for her and it's not going to be effective and it's not going to keep her fast and powerful. Dang. I I wonder, going back to the crossword thing, I I wonder how they, how they, I wonder if they know that at HQ that people are paying for loyalty and brand like a brand loyalty. And I wonder how they grow the company. Well, I think they're, I think that's they're hard to build. Hard. That's something that's slow. That, that yeah, that's definitely it's enduring. And, and you're, and you're the, uh, you're the proof of that. It's enduring as a motherfucker. Yeah. But, yeah. But man, it's, it's like, how do you tell your investors? Oh, this is going to be a tough board meeting. Well, uh, people only pay us because, they like us, but it's, I mean, that's not totally true. So I would say like, I mean, that's a part of it for me, but the other part is like, I really believe in the games. The CrossFit games. hundred percent. Okay. Oh, and, 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 okay. So that's a consistent theme too. You like this pushing. Um, I'll let you answer it too, since it's your words, but my understanding is you love this pushing the same way I do of human capacity. Let's Absolutely. see what this DNA, this yep. fucking human being thing on planet earth can do. Yeah, because we're like, what, what's CrossFit doing for me then with the CrossFit Games? Like past 
getting the opportunity to have like, you know, Justin Ellie, Trista, like that's our thing. What that's doing is how many people now show up at the gym? Like we just had two people start. They had their first CrossFit class yesterday and they are so excited to do CrossFit because they've watched all the documentaries. Right. And they just were like, and they're, they're normal people. They're just, they just love the documentaries. It looks like fun. Why would I not want to do that? It's like every other sport, every other sport. I mean, do people play hockey or basketball or uh, football? Because it's just like the one of the only, it's just fun. Like they watch their heroes on TV performing that and think that's awesome. How awesome is that? I would love to just do that. And you don't have to have the, like, I think that the games is maybe taking criticism for being like, it's only for like people who, aspire to being those athletes but that's not true at all i mean people go play these sports and then watch them all weekend long because it's just they love the sport so i think and also there's a difference in aspiring to be like them versus be them right yeah like i aspire to i aspire to be like rich froning one the first time like as i got to see him but i I didn't, I didn't have any delusions of grandeur that I was going to the yeah, games. Totally. Like, but, but I was like, Oh, I can, I'm going to do every, I can do everything he can do. I can play in the same, you know, sandbox. Yeah, you can he do can the same do. Thing. He'll build a bigger, maybe a bigger sandcastle, but I'll, I'll build some shit like his. Yeah. I mean, people like people don't sign up to run a marathon thinking they're going to win the marathon. They right, just do right. it because you're like, right, I would yeah. like to run. I would like right. to run far. Right. You know, so like CrossFit is such a fantastic opportunity for that. And like, you know, the community built around having a CrossFit competition in your gym or taking a group to a CrossFit competition, like that's invaluable. And whatever your training is, I feel like for development, no matter how good or or poor you are at it, you have to be testing it. So if you're not applying some sort of testing metric to what you're up to, I mean, you're missing a a learning opportunity because a coach can sometimes be like, Hey, you know, you're, you're weak here. This is what we need to develop. Time goes on, time goes on. You go to an event, can't do any handstand pushups, come back. You're like, okay, I I'm now listening. You know, you learn that from going to the event. In, yeah. When you say testing, you know, it, it made me think of when I was 23 years old, I'd never been able to do a pull up my whole life. And when I was 23 or 25 or something, I, I did my first pull up. Yeah. And it was one of my friends who was a meth addict and steroid user. Um, he was doing pull-ups in the backyard on a tree branch and um, and we were both on ecstasy, just hanging out. It was the middle of the day, two o'clock in the afternoon, college kid. And, and he goes, Hey dude, it's, it's not really a pull-up. And I go, what do you mean? And he grabbed his hands under my lats and squeezed. He goes, flex that muscle. Cause I was on ecstasy straight there and fucking flex that muscle. And I went up. Well, from that point, I went for like five years. I started climbing trees and yeah. I'd never climbed trees in my life, but yeah. that was my test. Yeah. Someone would throw a Frisbee up in the tree at the park or anytime anyone needed to go up into a tree ever for the next five years, I yeah. would go. Yeah. And I yeah. viewed it as a test. Yeah, totally. Because I had learned how to do a pull up and now I had confidence in my hands. Totally. Yeah. And so, and so but I, I just bring this up because the test doesn't have to be a stopwatch counting reps. Yeah. It has to do getting out of your comfort zone and, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and trying new things. Challenge. You know what I mean? It's, it's Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, yeah, you should like, um, yeah, you should never be a- afraid to come up short, fail, or like, I mean, if you're last place, if you can learn something, apply it and be better for that, that's 
really the only thing you need to ask for, you know, is that that opportunity to learn and, and competing is 100% an opportunity to learn in a different way than showing up every day and either participating in your sport or training for that sport without competition. Yeah. yeah. For me, if I entered a competition, like for, for me, whenever I did the open, it was always, it did, I could give two, I, I, I get 2%. I cared where I placed and 98%. I cared that like, holy shit, I did this five weeks in a row. Yeah. It totally. was really that significant to me. Like, holy yep. shit. But Absolutely, I never yeah. played sports or anything as a kid. I was just, yeah. I mean, my motivator for when I ran the death race was just the challenge of overcoming this idea of running 125 kilometers without rest. Like, I mean, my buddy and I ran it, we ran it together and we started training in January and raced it in July. So we did six months of training and that whole time that drive was just like, is this, is this possible for me? Did you yeah. almost tap on that race? No, no, it went really well. Yeah, it did. We, yeah, 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 yeah. We did. We, we, uh, I was just like second, uh, in like the 2029 age category and, um, um, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, no injuries, no issues. Um, motivated all the way to the end. Super awesome. Uh, Heidi Kroom, uh, yep, documentaries and behind the scenes are why I started. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's a lot of people's story. Like, I think that content's worth getting out there. So the idea that, I mean, if all of my affiliate fees went to supporting the CrossFit Games, I would have zero problems with that. Mm. And I mean, to be fair too, I think CrossFit does a lot more and offers a lot more with their like that uh, professional coach articles that come out every month. Like, I, I think they're putting out a ton of great content. It's like, I'm 14 years in. So it's not that, I mean, my learning process is still always in evolution and I, I do read that content, but it's not the primary reason why for me, like, yeah, credit where credit is due. And that's, and that's, you know, a big piece. I mean, I love the community. I mean, I've got friends, I mean, big Jesse, you know, Curtis, uh, Chris McDonald, like these guys go, you know, Jason McDonald, um, Todd Whitman, like, um, you know, my, my level two, God, I, you know, some people, took, you know, the, some uh, people. any stump was at the, uh, he was one of the instructors at that level two that, uh, that I took when I met you. Um, and it was Nicole Carroll was there and, and, uh, and boss, and, you know, it's just like, uh, Oh, I remember that. And they would take you into the back room. Yeah. People would come out crying. Three of us passed. Yeah. Totally. yeah you passed. You passed. I did, yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Shit. I remember that people would yeah. come out crying. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, it was, it was legit. Like, yeah. Andy, Andy, was Andy, my, would, uh, Andy would say some crazy shit to people. Yeah. I mean, that was the only time I ever met him, but I mean, I liked that guy straight away. Yeah. Uh, that, he's, he's pretty it, for, it, for, it, forthright. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. The, um, um, Heidi Kroom, okay. great interview. Please have him back. You know what I was thinking, Heidi, I'm trying to think how I can, um, uh, uh, monetize him no did i say that out loud uh, uh um I, it would be fun to bring him on the show with jr and taylor and talk programming as the games programming comes out and to hear uh jesse's take on programming oh you want adam for stuff you gotta get adam in on things like that i mean, I mean adam gets really quiet he's almost too humble he gets really <laughs> when i've had him on the show he gets really quiet <laughs> i mean he's his ability to analyze i mean i feel like his like 10 years producing games teams yeah is just developed like this ability for him to analyze and break things down where like there's pieces he looks at that. I just, am like, Oh man, like, 
Okay, I got to give him another shot. I got to give him another shot. I feel like when I've had him on, um, we're we're too cantankerous for him. <laughs> that he's I mean, he's like too humble for the group. He, he's the group, brilliant, man. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, we no like doubt. he no makes doubt. like when I was down in Torian with Ellie. I mean, by the time we get there, all the warm ups are fully structured and laid out all the way to the end. Like, um, all those sort of pieces are like you know how how he breaks down strategy and planning for the individual athlete for the event um event to event is like i mean can't that can't be like it's a it's amazing you know like it's stuff where i'm like he's like oh so you, you talk to him he's like oh it's, this is this and you're like i mean that's not where i got to you know right right, <laughs> like, right. like fuck that's that's very insightful and right and right. i was like i didn't catch that at all like i mean that's that's where i you know such a privilege to work uh, work with him. Um, maybe just, I'll tell him next time he comes stuff. on, drink two cups of coffee and, uh, three of these guys in the, in the, in the, uh, on the show said something about your mom. I just want to let you know, <laughs> get him kind of wound up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what would get, uh, he's not a wound up guy. No, he's not. Yeah, wound he's, up. Yeah. he's, yeah, he's consistent. Yeah. He's a smiler. Yeah. 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 He's a smiler. Hey brother, I this is uh, fun. Uh, the 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 last hour and a half went by faster than the first hour and a half. I really <laughs> I really appreciate you, Jesse. I was excited to meet you. I suspected oh, it was going to be easy, and and you are so easy. Thank you for. Uh, oh, cheers, man. I, I really appreciate it. I uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. This is uh, this is my first podcast. Oh, I cool. Uh, I haven't actually been on a podcast before. You just host one. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I had to start one because no one uh, is interested in me. <laughs> Uh, well, you're always welcome on the show. Um, I can tell by the chat that people are, are, are stoked on you. Um, I think people are going to love this. And uh, I have a feeling that our paths uh, will cross again. Thank you. Cheers, man. Awesome. All right, brother. Have a good yeah. day. Yeah, take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, he doesn't drink coffee. Well, there you go. That's the fucking problem. Uh, Sean Lenderman, uh, thanks, Jesse. I love you. I'm very, very, very intimate. Um, uh, Sevi trying to sneak the Sevon podcast onto the team. Yeah, fuck, get him on the team, take him back from the Justin's team, whatever. Dude, that dude would be. Um, as we started scratching, we were getting more and more opinions out of him. I fucking dig that dude. Thank you, Heidi. I really enjoyed that guy. Good show, stoked. Uh, tomorrow's gonna be a fun show. I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name who's coming on. I should show you is this guy's Instagram who's coming on tomorrow. His, uh, I, th I think one of his mottos is uh, not to live in an echo chamber. Sometimes I'm like, do I live in an echo chamber? Uh, and the echo chamber could just be the, the algorithm, right? I mean, it's, it's even, um, I bet you a lot of us, because we live in our own kind of echo chamber, around this show, I bet you our algorithm shows a lot of the same shit. I mean, shit, I choose stuff to show that you guys send me. Uh, 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 William Roish, uh, education. I disarm uh, echo chambers through civil discourse and critical thinking. High school civics teacher in Los Angeles, host of uh, Cylinder Radio podcast. These a little anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism talk bores me. I don't even, I don't even see any anti-Semitism. It seems made up. Uh, yes, you are a victim. Now what? Okay. 
Let's see. Let's play this one just to see. Young people today are looking at all the ways that they've been dealt a bad hand, all the ways that they've been wronged, all the ways that they're a victim. And you know what? Yeah, you are. You want to look at that? You can see all the ways that you're a victim. But what is going to serve you? What is going to be best for you and your family and your community and your world? How is the best way you're going to solve is not to focus on that. It's true. And everyone can find ways that they're a victim. But how are you going to play that hand? And that's just something that I think is really missing from a lot of the, the narratives that young people are getting. A lot of the things that we see on Instagram, how you have to be perfect. You have to look this way. You have to do this. Kind of- getting a little bit of a James uh, Jim Carrey vibe from this dude. Hey, look at that gray patch on his head. That's like... um. Angelo DeChico had that, and then there was some uh, 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 basketball player. Um, God, I don't know. I don't. Maybe when I was in my twenties or thirties, who had a patch like that on the top of his head. Someone will know his name. Kind of stuff, or all the things that are wrong with you because you're too fat, or you're too this, or you're too that, and it's like that messaging catches up the kids. And the more that we can promote what you're saying, the more that we can promote what Anthony Robles is doing and Sydney Smith and all these people. Like that's the message that these young people need to hear. If you're- yeah. So here we go. This guy's coming on tomorrow. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, Mike Preston. I don't see anti-Semitism. Laugh out loud. What the fuck? I, I don't. I, I never. I never. I never see it. It's the only anti-Semitism I see is this this anti-Semitism that comes out of my mouth, and it's always in joke form. And and my wife's Jewish, and it's not even anti-Semitism. I, I just I just never see it. What do you want? Why why is that? What the fuck? Why is that funny? I just don't see it. I just don't. I don't. Uh, one time, a guy bought a motorcycle from me, and he asked me if I was trying to Jew him. And I like, I wouldn't have even have been offended by that in the slightest, except I have three little Jewish boys, and I was like, "Ah, eh, that kind of sucks that he said that." But I don't even think he, I don't, I, I, I don't think he, uh, I, I don't think he was like, I don't think he's a Jew hater because of that. I think it's just part of the fucking vernacular. No, no one said, well, people don't go, oh, my God, that's so gay because they hate gay people. Just somehow slipped into the vernacular. I mean, look at all the fucking rap music we, uh, we uh, listen to. I've used the N-word 347 million times, and I've never meant it as anything negative. I meant it as an endearing, loving um, term. Every single time. You know the one, N-I-G-G. You know what I'm talking about for those of you who are like, don't know. You guys know that one? You guys know that one? Anyone? Anyway. Popular in the rap vernacular. No, you don't know it? Any good. I'm glad you don't know. Anyway, all right, I'm excited. And then, um, uh, and then on Friday, James Townsend. We're gonna get to the bottom of this James Townsend character. I think James has lived a, a incredible life. It's gonna be fun to hear his story. I'm kind of in the same way that I, I, I'm actually interested in building a friendship, a closer friendship with James, so I can also monetize. I mean, uh, do shows with James. Uh, during the games. I need to bring James on enough 
so that there, when people first come on, you kind of have to like bring them along, right? You have to I have to be like, oh, so what do you think, uh, Jr.? Oh, so what do you think, Taylor? And then once they've been on enough, you don't kind of have to do that as much. They'll just start interjecting. And James is still kind of when he comes on the show, he's still in like polite mode. I got to get him out of that fucking polite mode. Oh. Oh, the fluffy duck guy, uh, Susan just told me scheduled on the 30th. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. All right. Um, I am trying, like, I'm trying to schedule a show with Tyler Watkins and um, John Young and Brian Spin and uh, Mike Halpin and, I don't know, I guess anyone, but I only need, like, three of them to show up. Uh, to do just a semifinals review show where we just dig into the semifinals, but for, I keep fucking it all up. Can't get I can't get situated, and the truth is, is because I have my my buddy Greg's in town, and all and I'm I'm uh, feeling I, I don't want to commit to anything after 10 a.m. in case he'll play with me, right? So it's like I'm gonna get off here and be like, so what are you doing? And like kind of like plant seeds, like, hey, you want to go do something? And if he does, then I don't want to like have other shit. I already got my, all my kids stuff I like to do. So I'm struggling to some, you know how sometimes we do two podcasts in one day and I'm struggling to do that while he's in town and he's been here for like three weeks. I know, I know I need to, Ken. I know I have to. So, okay. Uh, if you're listening now, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like, Make sure you leave a comment in the YouTube comments, all that stuff. How about the fact that no, no one juices at that dude's gym, or it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not appropriate? That caught me way off guard. But everyone had to juice. There was an interesting comment by Dan Guerrero in there, by the way, that I wanted to read. Oh, fuck it, never mind. He was basically saying that's how you – when we were talking about the sleds, he said that's how you critique without being an asshole. I kind of wanted to push back on that a little bit, but but I, but I also appreciated his comment. Okay. Omar Canel. Bye-bye.